When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Jay Cutler. Started a new podcast called Uncut with Jay Cutler. Most of you know me from the NFL, some of you have seen me on Instagram, and some of you know me from the reality TV world. Each week I'm taking you along with me as we discuss football, trending topics, and whatever's going on in my life each week. I'm bringing along people that are special in my life, former teammates, friends, and some new people that I like and respect. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Podcasting? I think I'm doing this right. Can't wait to get started with you. Go subscribe now. Uncut with Jay Cutler, Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Real GM Radio. I am Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to have you with us for this episode. My guest is Arturo Galetti of Sports Grid Data Science, and we are continuing the Over Under podcast that we did. You can listen to last week's on the Eastern Conference. This one is on the Western Conference, and lots of great stuff in here. If you want more of the kind of background on the information that we use, that is at the front of the Eastern Conference pod. We didn't work all the way through it again. We know that you have access to it. And also the note uh, that I said before that... I used an aggressive noise filter on this, so there might be a couple of words that are out, but I think it I think it's all there. When I've listened to it, it, it sounds pretty good. I just wanted to do that because I thought the ambient noise that was in it was a little bit bothersome, so I, I wanted to take that out as best I could. It was actually an experiment with that for me. Uh, a little bit of colorful language here, not a ton of it there. Just wanted to note that at the outset. This one is a behemoth, over two hours. Lots of great stuff, though. I hope you really enjoy it. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Let's uh, get to part two. Yeah, and uh, if for those who want an explanation of some of the metrics that we're using and everything else, that is mostly in the Eastern Conference one because that has been released first. You can you can go there and listen. It's the at the opening of that podcast. Um, well, of course, some of them we'll get we'll get information on now. Um, and as usual, we start these from the lowest over under per number to the highest. So in the Western Conference, that means starting with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I, I, I want to make a mention before we get into it because it's going to become more important in the, in the West. Is we're going to talk a little bit about like teams that are public on over under bets and teams that are the teams that are not public. And that means that like uh, the line is set artificially high because Vegas knows that like the fans for a particular fan base will bet on a team, or it's set artificially low because they want to draw money to a team that generally doesn't, or because of other effects. Yeah, because they're trying to get they're trying to get money on. On both sides of it they're trying to get action a lot of different ways so yeah that, that makes a lot of sense i mean obviously yeah. if you could get 60 percent betting on the wrong side that would be great but 
that can get a little bit challenging. Um, that can that can because when the when the dog hits, basically everybody in Vegas has a bad day. So exactly. they try to do is try to get even money on both sides. And I said for the West, it becomes more of an issue because there are some heavy public teams in the West, and there are some uh, some schedule effects. Uh, there are because there are, there are only two teams in the NBA that have a consistent, persistent home court advantage. Those are the two teams at the highest altitude, the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets, both of who, both of which occur in the Western Conference. We'll talk about both of them at various points during this. Um, but let's start with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They had this super weird year where they were competitive partially by winning a bunch of really close games um, in the early part, and they sat all of their good players. And so they ended up with a 22-5. and 50 record. Um, they traded away Al Horford originally for Kemba Walker and then bought out Kemba Walker. So they now have basically kind of nobody in that slot. Unsurprisingly, Sam Presti is giving a lot of his minutes to very young players, whether they are rookies or not. Guys like Pokashevsky, of course, is going to play a lot. Shea will hopefully, hopefully play a lot because I really like Shea Gildas Alexander. Um, and Vegas is very skeptical. Um, their line is extremely low. It is basically 22 either way. So if you want to go over, it's 22 and, uh, sorry, sorry, I got that wrong. So if you want to go under, yeah, no, that's right. If you want to go over, it's 22 and above. If you want to go under, it's 22 and below. See if you agree with me on this statement. Um, OKC is a G League, is a glorified G League with, uh, with SG, with SGA, uh, as kind of like the role, the, the, the roles always parked in the, uh, in the, in, in the garage. So I think, um, I think Shea is a big enough exception to that. I also like, I mean, even though Derek Favors looked a little bit toast to me, but I mean, they've got, they've got talent. I mean, Lou Dort is, is better than any guy in the no, G I mean, League. Like, the thing, well, the thing about, this is a glorified, it's basically, it's, it's, it's an audition roster for, for, for Oklahoma City two years from now, really. They're really kind of trying to figure out who on this team is going to be part of a long-term deal with, uh, with Shea, which is fine. And they've got a bunch of, like, and the reason I say that is they've got a ton of draft picks. And functionally, when you have that many draft picks, unless you're moving them, really what you're trying to do is you're trying to churn roster and turn, like, you know, you know three draft picks into one uh, starter or better player. Right? That's really kind of what I'm trying to do, what they're trying to do. So functionally, they're not, I don't think they're in it to win basketball games necessarily. They're more to kind of figure out and get reps on the guys. I mean, they're going to win basketball games occasionally because, you know, they, you know they're you know they going to play hard. It's just they're not, you know, they're not actively trying to lose, but they are more concerned with getting reps on the guys they want to get reps on. So they're more concerned with getting like Theo Madeldon reps or Poku reps or kind of Josh Giddy reps. Right? I love Josh Giddy, but like this is probably like if Josh Giddy was on a team where he basically was making passes to guys who could do more with them, then I would love him more. It's just this year, I think that you know he's you know it, it's a bit of a, of a rough situation for the skill set. I love the skill set, I love the size. Like tall, I called him tall Ricky Ruby on the draft in my draft preview, uh, which I which is good. This is really nice, and uh, but they're not they're the worst team in the league, right? Yeah, I, I think they are, and the I mean clearly, clearly, I mean I think that like. Clearly the the worst. I mean, I think that like, is there any team in a series they would get six games on? I mean, I think they would get to six on the on the Rockets potentially in Magic. Ooh, it depends on it depends on who those guys actually play. Like if it's if it's full strength, full strength, then it's different. But I mean, I think the Rockets are going to move some of their guys. I think the Magic, you know, they're going to rest some of their guys, not in a like a theoretical seven game series. But yeah. 
I would they say also, they also they also have the third most rookie minute. Most minutes going to rookie in our projection. They have sixty percent of their minutes are going straight up to rookies. And the minutes that aren't going to rookies, like I'm gonna say it's gonna be like seventy percent going to like second year guys. To like young dudes, yeah. I mean like Tail Maladon it's, it's, and Poku and this Leo. Might be, I mean I need to look, but this might be one of the youngest teams we've ever seen in the it, It's going to be very young. Also the Thunder are um we can, it's pretty clear where their motivation lies, you know, that they're they're going in a specific direction and I don't think it's going to be necessarily as egregious as the times the trust the process Sixers where they were playing just like non NBA players. Like I think these are guys that have that have a chance. There, like there, that, are guys, there are guys on this team who are not going to be on the roster in two years. Yeah, I think that's fair. But they're also like I mean I like Isaiah Roby. I design, like that's by design. I mean that's by design. They they the, the Thunder have actually taken some shots. I mean, like I thought the Dort shot was interesting. I still think that there's potential there. It's just like oh he's, I like I like Lou Dort a lot. Yeah, he but he's so raw. He's so damn raw. Yeah, uh, and and they gave, they put the ball in his hands more. So the argument that people who will go oh, on the on the over here will use is that in the thirty five games that Shea Gilgis Alexander played, the Thunder were sixteen and nineteen. And I mean that is a that is a meaningful like a meaningful thing to 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 know and like that they did that. But a lot of those wins were extremely close. And a lot of those losses were extremely big. And that's why I I often mention differential is because generally speaking, differential is more predictive. And so, like, is there a way that the Thunder... There isn't isn't anybody on this team, uh, on the top six outside of Shea, that would start on a conference final. Oh, no. I mean, there aren't aren't any guys other than Shea that are particularly close to being top 20, top 30 at their position. I'm probably, not, I'm probably not being fair to – I think Giddy could probably be that second guy. I like, I like, I really like Giddy. I thought that – like Australia really missed him in the uh, in the Olympics. Uh, but, yeah, I mean this is a really rough roster. To me, like this is where I come back to. It's like, like this is significantly worse than any other team in the world. Like, I mean well, we can argue about Houston, but like – even Houston has Houston has but like Houston's rookies have more bona fides than the guys outside of Shea on this team. Yeah, I, I would say that's fair. The other challenge for OKC is just kind of think about other than Shea, and that's an important caveat. Well, okay, what is going to be their identity on defense? What is going to be their identity on offense? And Shea running pick and roll can be their identity on offense whenever he's on the floor. If Giddy has a nice rookie year, then he can get there. I, I unfortunately I've I've gotten to see very little film on him because he didn't really play in summer league. He turned his ankle on the third possession of the game and then played a little bit after that, but barely. And then that was that was that. And yeah, I mean. I think they're going to give the ball to Poku a lot. I think Trey Mann is going to be a part of it. Ty Jerome, Teo Mallet. Like so, but like defensively, favors maybe they play him. Play him some. Muscala isn't great defensively. Robinson Earl isn't is more of a four to me than a five. Like so. I could I could see them being decent offensively in Shea's minutes. Like I think that's it that there is there is absolutely an argument for that and for you know like so for that okay when Shea Gilgis Alexander played last year the Thunder had a thirtieth percentile offense and a seventeenth percentile defense that thirtieth percentile offense is significantly better than they were the rest of the time so even if you want to say they'll be bad but not terrible offensively when Shea's on the floor, and maybe they'll even be a little bit better. Maybe you argue that their talent is a little more conducive. They're going to be terrible when he's off the floor. They're going to be bad defensively the whole time. So, like, I... I can see a path. I think uh, Mark Dagnall is a good coach. I thought he did a nice job last year. But I I also think that 20, 22 wins would be a lot for the Thunder. They're the least talented team in the league. Teams yes. often win under 20, often win under 20 could a year. See, could you see them winning 27? Yes, but I wouldn't expect it. Could I, I see them, could I see them winning 17? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I could, I could, I could see them winning like fifteen or maybe less. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, it, it's just, a, it's just. Again, I like the players. I think some of these, I think some of these guys are going to be good in a couple of years, but in a couple of years, right? And to me, it's an under fade because it's such a low number. Twenty two and a half is like, but it, it's a low number, but it's not crazy low relative to like. But I mean, like for me to bet on a twenty two and a half, I really have to look at this team and go like, there is literally no talent. So uh, here's here's the example. The last full season we played, and this one this one was a little bit anomalous. The last full season the NBA played was in um, 2018-19. In yes. that year, three teams finished with fewer than 22 wins, and one finished with 22. So that would be four. Now I, that this is before this is before the change in the uh, on the on the true on the on the draft. Board. But it was so the the Knicks, the Suns, the Cavs, and the Bulls, and there was definitely something weighting it down. And then there was a big gap. That was the year that like the next year was was kind of strong. The Hawks were a little bit better, and everything else. Yeah, but both both that Knicks and that that those Cavs teams were like I think they were worse. Like I'm trying to think. Well, yeah, they were worse. They were worse. Both those teams were worse than this specific team. We'll get the teams who actually did that. Like uh, that Suns team was probably the best comp, and Booker wasn't quite as good as like Shea is now, right? At yeah. the time, and and Aiton was, was like not like Aiton didn't Aiton get hurt? Like uh, Aiton got hurt. That that was a mess of a team. It was and a mess of a team. It was a mess of a team, and that Bulls team was that Bulls team was significantly worse than this team. Yeah, I'm gonna go underplay. That, that Bulls team, and that Bulls team was atrocious. They were real bad. Um, partially because I think that the uh, the strength of those middle middle class teams. We actually talked about that a fair amount in the East Pod, and we'll, it'll come up in the West. I think that they'll beat up on the Thunder a little bit. I also think that Thunder. I don't think they're going to win like 15, but I think that if they're in the like low, if they're in the very low 20s, that that's totally fine. Um, and I think that Presti understands, especially after last year, that being at the absolute bottom is more valuable than like for them being number one worst. Even if the top three odds are the same, just because it it raises your floor. Like I mean, so because last year they fell all the way to six, and we'll see how they feel about Giddy when we get there. So I'm going to go under play um i don't feel great about it like this is one that i was really torn about but um i i think that that's for me that's the play i mean it's such a low number uh that i, I like we're literally two years removed from this team making the playoffs like literally yeah. like just and, and and it wasn't i mean obviously they, but they, i mean they're they, they've lost almost every single player that was on that team like and most of it deliberately yeah i mean I, I, again this is the way you build teams sometimes is you build you get them really young and you try to figure out who is your core moving forward so this team you know this team will progress quickly but this is not the scene this is not the season where it launches right i think this is the season where they're just kind of like laying around which is i mean like i could see them proving quickly if one of the guys has a break but it's still such a bad team defensively that like yeah i don't feel like comfortable doing it i mean I've, i think it's a clear under but i'm just gonna fade it it's just like not something i feel comfortable playing it's just that number is so low I know you like Giddy, but uh, thirty to one for him to win Rookie of the Year. No, 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 no. I don't know. He's not going to get those kind of reps. No, because like he's not going to get like you've got you got you, you've got uh, you've got a bunch of guys in that team that are going to get touches around. They're going to get the points, right? So I, I like Giddy, but like you know, I think Dortz and Poku and and uh, and Shea are just going to get too much too many touches for him to be a realistic candidate. So we and can, I do I do like him a lot. Yeah, I, I'll need to see more to develop a more fully fleshed out opinion. The Rockets actually started out last year decently well, and they even rebounded after the uh, Harden trade, and then things fell off a cliff, especially once Christian Wood got hurt. They ended the year with the league's fourth worst point differential, a the league's worst 17-55 and 55 record. Um, they had the differential of a 21-win team over a full 82-game season, and um, they added Jalen Green, of course, in the draft. They um, added Daniel 
Tice, which is interesting because I like Daniel Tice. They, of course, added Shangun and Usman Garuba and Josh Christopher. And this is going to be a spectacularly young team. But so we have it out there. If you want to go over 26 and over, and if you want to go under 27 and under, there's actually a larger gonna, range for them than most. Th- this is going to be a very fun league pass. Oh, yeah. This is just like, they just like, they just have like guys that are like really appealing. Like, there's a bunch of guys on this team that like, the difference between this and the, and the number, we're like, looking at the roster and we're like, ah, a bunch of these guys aren't going to be on the NBA in a couple of years. I think a bunch of these guys on the, on the Rockets are going to have long careers. Uh, well, and, and the Rockets, like one of the other differences is the the depth of their like capable talent. So even yeah. if like John Wall and Eric Gordon, one or one of the what more if, of those guys doesn't end the season on the team or they get the Al Horford treatment, like they've got multiple of those guys. Christian Wood can play. Daniel Tice can play. Um, and Shingu should not have been available to them when they picked yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I like... I like what they did with Josh Christopher. Josh Christopher is a guy who, who who fell because he was on a bad situation, but he's also the running mate for Jalen Green. And he's actually what I've seen of him is that yeah, no, that that dude, look, that dude definitely looks like he has the physical skills to stick in the NBA. Now, how good he's going to be is question mark because we don't know because data is kind of worthless. But he he did have he was highly regarded coming out, and he does kind of compliment the players that have. Yeah, I mean, I saw and, him. And, I saw him not in an Arizona State situation. I thought he looked great the year before. I saw him. I, I saw him. Uh, Team USA. I saw him. I saw him in a, a USA training camp in Colorado Springs. Um, and I, I arguably they arguably got the best uh, the best European player in in Singapore and the best uh, European defender in Garuda that they could have. And and they arguably got the best American player in Jalen Green. I don't think I think yeah. Cade's better, but like. I mean, it, would it stun me if Jalen Green you, ended up being the best player in this draft? No, not at all. You put that. You put Christian Wood. You put uh, the other. This is, as I said, this is a team that will be good. And I think, I mean, good or competitive in a few years. I think that, like, and there's potential for them to be really good if well, and, all these guys like like shoot up. Now this year, this year they're more fun and talented than good, right? I right, know and, you have a, and and that's and that's great. That's like organizationally, that's what they should be. Like that is, you know, you want teams to have that those. Inc- encouraging signs but still lose some games because then you can up your talent base for when you are actually good for when Jalen Green is three years into his career and has figured all this stuff out and so Christopher meeting Christopher and Guru and Singun are all guys that have like very high ups yeah and so like if a couple things break. Like, Skrub is a guy who, if you can figure out the offense, he becomes like a, just a, well, like, holy crap, how did they get that guy? He's already defensively, he is, he's gonna be like a really good defender. And I, I, I use the term gravity a fair amount too with the Rockets, and especially with some of their older guys, and that's not just, you know, like Gordon and Wall, but it also could include Jay Sean Tate, who is relatively new to the NBA, but Jay Sean Tate, he's, this is gonna be his age 26 season. So if some of those guys are playing well and there's interest around the league, I don't think Rafael Stone is going to hesitate about trading them unless he thinks they can be a part of the Rockets like three years from now, which all of those guys, you know, like Jason Tate, Jason Tate could be. I think they would try to make a John Wall move where a team interested. I just think he makes too much money. So that's going to be difficult. So I'm, I'm definitely a fade on this. I think that the Rockets are on term. I think, I think I'm over with fade on this. Yeah, I think I'm under in fade. I, so I think on full strength talent, I think they're better than this. But generally speaking, teams at about this talent level generally lose a few more games than you'd expect. Not because they're poorly coached or because they don't try hard, but because, you know, they guys get hurt or they're there's being a, judicious. The, the trick on this team is there's a lot of guys who have skill. This is where I come back. It's like they, they have guys that have skill that are useful on a game level, like where somebody has a knight and... 
and and they're gonna they're gonna be more athletic than a lot of teams. That 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 can like sometimes you win because you're just more athletic than the other. And this team has that kind of vibe. Yeah, and when uh, their their five best guys are playing, I think they're they're yeah. viable against a wider swath of the league than a team like the Thunder are. Um, I could I could, t- I could totally see if one of their upside plays hits when winning like 30, 31 games. But yeah, I don't. It's possible. Okay, but I, but I could also see them winning. I, I could I see them winning twenty. Absolutely. Like I could see them winning twenty and feeling good about it too. If Jalen Green has some nice play, if if yeah. you know. So I'm I'm under I'm under fade. You're over fade. Um, the other yeah, thing. I, I, I think it's going to be fun to watch, but do we want to bet on anything, any of the... Uh, none of, none uh, of the so Jalen Green at three and a half to one. I mean, as, as much as I le- as I appreciate Shangun, he's not going to play enough. That's not the type no. of guy who wins Rookie of the Year. Uh, so Jalen Green at three and a half to one, that's not bad. Um, I think that he's going to have the ball in his hands a little bit less than Cade because John Wall's still there, Eric Gordon's I still there. I keep, I keep looking at this and I keep thinking Suggs is the clear... Suggs should be much higher on this. And I'd rather have Stogs action than I would Green because again I don't know that Green necessarily will get the rights, right? I like unless I like I like Green's well. offensive game better. Um, I like, but I but I I agree with you in terms of touches. So yeah, I I like Jalen Green. I think he's going to be a very good player. I don't love this number for him specifically. And then the other things that Suggs has going for him in terms of rookie of the year is he's a much better defender. Um, and sometimes people so, care about that. Sometimes they don't. It's 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 more of a tiebreaker, but this could be a tie that needs to be broken. Who's the better? Like I, I have my dark. Course, but who's the better dunker of those three? Things? Better dunker? Yeah, who's the better? Who's gonna do the Anthony Edwards put up like some crazy plays? To oh, I mean, well, so Jalen Green, it's more of a, it's more of a speed thing than I mean, he he's got some bounce though. Um, I would else. I would say um, Suggs Suggs goes on guys more, but I like Jalen Green as a dunker personally. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, Green has some. Again, this team is gonna be fun. So maybe uh, three and a half. I, I don't think it's terrible, but I wouldn't put money on it. Like, and I and I really like Jalen Green. We're both so we're both kind of thinking. That like 350 is not good enough. Yeah. It could be like last year. Somebody like, I have a feeling that it might be like last year. Somebody's going to come out of the field and be like, yeah, this guy's a rookie here. But we'll get to him. <laughs> Let's okay. So let's let's jump to the San Antonio Spurs. The rookie who's going to have the best jersey of any of the rookies, probably. Okay. So let's jump to the Spurs. San Antonio last year they went thirty three and thirty nine. They had the point differential because they underperformed it of a thirty eight win team in an eighty two game season. They uh, lost Rudy Gay. They lost Demar Rosen. They um, they got Doug McDermott, and they you know they still have. And they got Ted Thaddeus Young. I mean, you. I loved that overall transaction for the Spurs, even though, I mean, I don't even and know how nobody, much. And there is no coach in the league who's better than, like, Rick Popovich of Gideon Spurs. Right. And part of that is, I mean, I, I brought this up a little bit. I was talking with, um, I recorded with Jonathan Sharks and Rob Mahoney on, this div- on their division. And I think it's underappreciated how good San Antonio's defense might be this year. Like, so they were 13th last year playing DeRozan, who they needed offensively, who was a terrible defender. Yes. And they have, you know, they have a lot of personnel that makes sense on that end. Pop is is one hell of a defensive coach. DeJounte can be a terror. They have, you know, Pirtle's a good rim protector. They brought in Thaddeus Young, who's a good defender. And Firmino can play it all. So, like, yeah, I think... Do you I have, think San Antonio is better or worse than last year? I think they're worse, but I don't think they're dramatically worse. And Vegas think thinks they're San, Vegas thinks they're dramatically worse because if you want to, San Antonio is better because of the fact that like the defensive improvement. Well, I mean, the they're going to miss like, pa- they're going to miss Patty Mills and, and Rudy they're Gay, gonna, they're gonna, and they're going to miss yeah. a lot of those guys. Now they also had very little Derek White last year, and like maybe I like them Vassell. Yeah, Vassell is interesting too, and like so yeah, I, I think they're I think they're worse. But it, like, they had 
a differential of a 38-win team last year, and so I forgot to mention, apologies, the over-under on it. If you want to go over, it's 29 and up. If you want to go under, it's 30 and below. So for me, this is an overplay. Yeah, 20 and up. It's an overplay for both of us. Yeah, I I mean, San Antonio, like, this seems to be like a 30, 34... Like thirty-three to thirty-seven win team, and like I could, I could totally, I could totally see Pop throwing a forty-one, another fifty. Yeah, sure. But, because uh, again, I, I do think the fact that they were operating under like some defensive liabilities that are clear is better. I like the young guys they brought in, uh, and, and, and they're uh, not playing like they're they're, they're not playing in ex- they're they're playing like younger guys, but they're not playing rookies. Like that's a, an, an interesting and important difference. Like. Primo might get Primo will probably only get into the rotation if things um Yeah, if the, if the drama yeah. squad for San, San, San Antonio figures yeah. out a way. Yeah, but so them. but like Derek White and DeJounte and Pirtle, like those guys are are at the point where they, you know, like DeJounte, age 25 season, Lonnie Walker, age 23, Derek White, tw- 27, Keldon Johnson, 22. Like those guys can play and they're they're not so young that they're still figuring everything out. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm good with that. Would you say San Antonio will finish with a better record than, let's see, let, let me give you a comparable. Better record, who else is it? Then, do you think they have a better record than Cleveland? Yes. Do you think they have a I think they're. Record? I think they're not one of the bottom five. Like, so to me, the likely bottom five is OKC, Houston, Orlando, Detroit, and Cleveland. I think the Spurs are meaningfully better than all of them. Yes, yes. Do you think they're better than Minnesota? I think that's closer to a coin flip. I think it depends. Like each of yeah. those teams has. But Minnesota, Minnesota is getting like like a, like a whole six more wins, man. Right, which is which is why this is an overplay for me. Which is why this is an overplay for me, and we'll talk about Minnesota second. San Antonio doesn't have a rookie of the year guy. Josh Primo is not going to be that player, and they're while not, and they're, they're not going to win the division. Right. While I like the Spurs, they're not going to win their division. So instead, we can we can move on um, to the aforementioned Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves had their own version of a season from hell with Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, the personal tragedy and everything else that he dealt with and just things not working out. And they changed coaches midseason. And I like Chris Finch, but they changed coaches midseason. They were oh, twenty. There's no. There's they're like they're atrocious against the over under story. <laughs> yeah, they are. Like, um, just insanely so, atrocious. And actually, it's important to note that this is even with consider the fact that they had Kevin Ke- Kevin Garnett on the team. So they were good when they had Kevin Garnett against the spread. But like when Kevin Garnett's not been on the team, does not. Yeah. But so Carl Anthony Towns last year, he but like, as much as he had that brutal season, and and there was context where there were games he played in where he wasn't 100. percent He still played in 50 of 72 games. So it wasn't a circumstance where he played in 20 or something like that. They had a bunch of other injuries, including D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, and uh, and they're still figuring out the rotation, which they are continuing to still figure out. So I, I mean, so they had the differential last year of a if we span it to eighty-two game season, a twenty-six win team. Vegas is much more optimistic than that, saying it's uh, they're going to win. It's more of a thirty-four over/under, so thirty-four and up for the over, thirty-four and lower for the under. And did you hear? Did you hear that Anthony Edwards grew two inches? Yes, I did. Um, Ooh, I mean, good. I mean, better than no, better. We see, we see, the reason I mentioned that, like, that's like one of the end things with like these really young players is once in a while you draft a guy for one role and he grows, and, and all of a sudden, like Giannis, Giannis, they draft him. He's like, I believe he was six eight in the draft, and he ended up like when well, he also those, thickened those, up and everything else, yeah, and so then all of a sudden he can play the five. Yeah, those three inches turned him from like Jalen Brown to Giannis. Basically. Well, and and the other thing with Edwards, if that you know gained the size, and we'll see if there was a corresponding jump in wingspan, is if he 
can defend threes. Yes. If he can defend small forwards, I like Edwards a lot more. Like I mean, yeah, he, he had I a. Already, he, I already, I, I already was 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 thinking that he already outplayed what my expectation was of him. Like, but you add extra height on him, and if he gets the length and defense, then yeah, they they have. A and he's and he's strong. Like I, I'm 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 interested in Edwards, but at the same point, like I was just stunned at how high this number was. Like, is there a way that the Wolves win 35 games? Is there a way they win 37? Absolutely. Like, I mean, their offense, they have a lot of offensive talent. They were 25th last year, but Towns missed a bunch of time. Russell missed a bunch of time. Beasley missed a bunch of time. Um, And Edwards had that first half of the year where he was truly terrible. And then he played a lot better, and that's why you use that moving forward, but it was still Darko, something... Darko really, Darko really likes the overall team. It, it does, which is interesting, because I think their defense is going to be abysmal. Like, this team has so few good defenders in the... Like, I mean, their best defender, in my opinion, is McDaniels. No, Pat Beverly. Oh, yeah, if he actually plays. Um, we'll see how much... Yeah, they don't him. trade him. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, it's Beverly, but I, I think... They're possible, the, possible, uh, you know, secondary Ben Simmons destination. Yeah, I mean, they've been interested in him for a long time. I actually did a piece with John Krasinski, the Athletic, about that, like, months ago. Is that they're, they're interested. It's just whether uh, Philly's buying what they're selling, and I don't think they are. Um, which is which is the challenge for Minnesota. They just don't have... Because I don't think I don't think they want him with Edwards, I, and if it's not I'm Edwards, gonna, then I'm who cares? I'm really weird spot list, because I think I want the over, but I don't want to play. I don't think I... Like, I, I, I I want the over, but I'm looking at it and going like, it's Minnesota. I don't know that necessarily like I want to play. Yeah. Right? I'm, how do we feel? How do we feel about their coach in front of us? I so I like Finch. I don't love Rosas. I think that I think that he's generally he's made a couple bets that I really didn't like. I didn't think Jared Culver. Was, they moved up for Culver. I didn't think he was a good pick. Um, Edwards. I mean, so Edwards. I'd say he had a better than expected I, season. He also was the wrong pick at number one because Lamelo is awesome. Um, well, except except now if they get if they get like if they if they back into the luck of the dude sprouting a few inches and becoming a different player, then yeah, but they still they, they still right. need that guy. Like I mean, to me, you draft Lamelo I mean, and he, I he's I the think, centerpiece. I didn't, think, I didn't think I didn't think it was the wrong pick. I thought I thought. I thought, as much as I like Lomelo, I always thought that, like, long term, I thought the ceiling on both was similar. And maybe I thought the ceiling on Anthony was higher. I just didn't trust it necessarily with, you know, Mrs. Missouri's history was going to get there. But... I you know again and I love Lamelo. I thought Lamelo was a good pick where he gets picked, but I think and I think there's there there's good reason for them to pick Anthony Edwards where they did, and he kind of showed it as he proved throughout the season. Now does he continue that? Well, we don't know, but I mean this is why I'm kind of on the over on this team because I think I think this team is better than last season. But is it seven games? Well. Kind of seven games better, possibly. I mean, Darko yeah. thinks it. It's, I, I'm it's I'm fair. under I'm under fade. I think there's a possibility they go over this. I don't. I think it's a well. I, I think it's a little bit higher line than I would like, but it's still in the reasonable range. So I'm going to go under fade. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. I, I think I think I'm going to go. On, I'm going to go over fade on this one because again, I I think they go over right. Uh, but it's Minnesota, and it's hard for me to like trust them, right? But I do think that there's some really interesting things happening with this team, which is weird because it's. A, they're the Timberwolves, right? So, like, God, like, you don't expect that. Um, do we like anything that we don't know? No, we like we don't like MVP, for, do they? Do we? I don't personally know. And let's see, uh, money line. You know, and for most true player, if I could get odds, I don't know what the odds are on this. That might be interesting. I might, I might be interested in looking at the player and seeing if that's something that I might kind of uh, because again, that's that seems to be kind of a, a point improvement award. He might actually die. Who goes off and like starts scoring twenty five thirty? We don't know. Um, no, I don't think they can win their division. That's that's no. Not no. Let's keep going. 
Yeah, we can, we can keep going. Yeah, the Sacramento Kings. So last year, Sacramento finished uh, 34 and 41. They had the differential. They actually outperformed their, their point differential by one of the highest in the league. They had of a 33 win team, but that's over a full 82. That's why they're different. Uh, Vegas thinks they're going to be a little bit better this year. The over-under is basically 35, 35 and up if you want to go over, 35 and down if you want to go under. And they didn't really change as of right now. They didn't really change their personnel too much. They, you know, there were possibilities of, oh, maybe they're going to do something with Harrison Barnes or they're going to add somebody. Maybe they're a Ben Simmons destination. I don't particularly think so. So the question really becomes health internal improvement. And so last year, I like, I like their top. This is a team that I like their starting five. So I like their top, but then a couple of things, the problem for them is they have a bunch of guys with big question marks because like they're either older or, uh, kind of uh, rookies. Once you get out outside of their, uh, their top five. So it, it's an imp- I think it's an improving team. It's got a decent core around it, but they're kind of missing some pieces. Well, and also like-, like Luke Luke Walton, at least to this point, has not done a good job coaching defense for them. He's still the coach there, and their personnel is basically the same. So that's going to be hard. They didn't really they didn't really upgrade. I mean, getting Davion Mitchell will help a little bit. I mean, I was very impressed by by his. Yeah, and they're not they're not in the Atlantic, but they're in the second toughest conference Easy. division. Um, yeah, division. exactly. Like they're I mean. The other four teams in this division are much better than them at full strength. The other part of it, challenge for Sacramento, is that they're, the lack of like truly like the, the middle class being stronger, I think, hurts them more than almost anybody because Sacramento, I think of them as a modest floor, low ceiling team, and so that makes it hard for them to win game after game. Like as the Bulls and the the Bulls and the Wizards and the Raptors, like if those teams are more competitive, then they can't pick up as many. In that respect, um, you know they they have they have good that, fans, think, but do they think do you think they have any top tier? Like if you were doing it on tiers, do they have any kind of like like do they have a true one or even true two on this team? Like a real like a, like a best player on a good team? Yes, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I like De'Aaron Fox, but I think he's a little bit below that at this point. You know, like he's, I don't love him to create live offense. I like Harrison Barnes, but I think he's more of a three four on a really good team. Um, Rashawn Holmes is like the third to fifth best player on a good team um, and they have some depth but they don't have a ton and I really like Tyrese Halliburton but I think that he's more again more of a complimentary guy so yeah, I did a whole analysis like I know that like uh, a couple guys were doing an analysis and I helped with that and so when I did that analysis on tiers Sacramento has like a fourth like their best guy is, is Fox who's like a fourth tier player like, and they have a lot of guys around that level, which is nice yeah, because like, they have like they have like third guy, like fourth guys, you know that kind of that kind of deal. They don't have any guys on the tippy tippy top tier, right? And that ends up being problematic because functionally, you you know you you're good enough. I think they're they're good enough to compete team, but they don't they don't they don't have a star or like the second guy either, right? So they do they is there anybody on this team do you think that's like comparable to say somebody like Jalen Brown? I don't think so. I, I think Fox isn't at that level yet, or somebody like. And, and nothing like Zach Levine either, right? So no. Like, I mean, like, maybe, I, I think there's a chance that Fox is there by the end of the year, but he's yes, not there right yes. now. So, like, it's, it's, a, it's a bunch of guys that are more like, say, like the R.J. Barrett, right? So, these fans are going to get mad at me, but, like, but like ah, I think Fox is probably better. I think, I think Fox is probably better than him. But, like, there isn't that, you know, I love Tyrese Halliburton. I think Halliburton's a really nice player, a nice pickup for them. But Halliburton, I think his upside is, like, the third best guy on the team, right? That's, that's... Like he's 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 over. Like if he, everything goes well, he's the guy who's like the guy who comes in the dust. Up. 
right? But not necessarily the guy who's taking over the close games or the guy who's like the the, the kind of the one scorer or the alpha for the game. And I think it's kind of like, I mean, it's not a bad place to be, but like it's not a place where you're saying, oh, this team is going to set the world on fire in the West. Right? That's kind of the point. And they are the fifth best team in the division. Sorry. So yeah, it's, it's, they, are, they are the fifth best team in their division. And like some could point to, it's true, they're – Defense was meaningfully better when Rashawn Holmes was on the floor than when he was off. Like they, you know, when they had Bagley at center, when they had some of these other combinations, things went very poorly. And they did add a strangely large amount of centers with Tristan Thompson and Alex Len. And for whatever reason, they kept Damian Jones. But like, okay, I, I still don't think their defense is good. I don't think they really resolved it. Their personnel is not at that level. And Davion Mitchell is intriguing, but he's not going to play. I don't think he's going to play enough to really do that. And generally perimeter players aren't as important. And, you know, it's just pretty much the same coaching staff, same players. So I think their offense could be okay, but like not great. I mean, they were 11th last year. And I think that's, I think that's better than I would expect for them this year, just because I think they got a little bit fortunate. They were there, they, you know, kudos, I guess, to Walton Fox and all that for that. But it's, I like, so, I like Quita. I like the center they picked up. Yeah. Like, I mean, they've, they've got, so, so I'm, I'm in under fade with them. I'm more, much more confident in the fade than I am the over or the under because, um, they, I think this is about the range for them. And if they're a little bit better, then maybe they can jump past the Pels and the Grizz and some of these other teams in this area. And then they get to like 37 or something like that and they're fine. But it's weird because I, I kind of feel like, um, they're, they're just about right. <laughs> Yeah, I think this uh, is a very well set line. Um, yeah, I mean it's Vegas. Of course it's well set. That's, that's what we do. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to join you on the other fade party because it's like it, it's it's. I kind of feel like they're going to win like 35 picks this game, and I've already picked too many overs, so I'm like, just going to go like, yeah, I'm just going to pick under fade because like that's. It's not that I don't like. I mean, I like this team, but it's like I'm looking at it and they're just kind of missing a guy. Yeah, like and, obviously if they, if they if they can somehow pull off the trade for Simmons, which might happen because again we kind of think that like if the you know I, I think Simmons probably wants to go to the Warriors, but like the Warriors don't have anything to offer Philly, so Philly's is going to walk away from it. So there's a chance that he might wind up in like some place like Sacramento, which is honestly maybe Minnesota. And if you did add Simmons, I do think Simmons would really work with this particular roster, right? Because in this particular roster, Simmons might actually play four five, right? Well, and, and, and also that. like he would help a lot of their defensive issues because he can. Yes. He, he's guarded a fair amount of smalls in Philly, but he could guard bit, he could guard like wings there, and that would be yeah, him that's and, something him, he can do. Him and Hallie kind of like give you some a lot more options in terms of defense. I think that actually yeah. becomes a lot interesting in terms of how. And then like Harrison Barnes, it's an advantage. And yeah, it, it gets into like it gets into a decent defense, and then it, like and I do think Simmons has upside. Obviously, you know, with Simmons, the, the question is always this: is like, is he ever going to decide to like start taking threes like Giannis does? Um, even though like because of the gravity motion, but like you know, I, I think that like that's speculative. So I'm going to go under fade. I'm going to put a note in that like says like I'm going to say we like this team, but like we just I mean I'm, not enough. It's it's like it's not enough. Yeah, yeah. I don't like I don't like them at twenty to one to win the division. I don't like them at thirty. I don't like and them at at thirty to one to win Rookie of the Year, I don't think he's going to get the, touch, the playing time. And not on this team, not on this yeah. team. Like unless like there's a disaster that happens. Yeah. So now we get to the Pels. New Orleans and ended last I season very well set line. Yes, uh, they ended last season thirty-one and forty-one, but they did underperform their differential. They had the point differential over an eighty-two game season of a thirty-nine win team. They had a very weird off season where they let Lonzo Ball go via sign and trade. They also functionally swapped Stephen Adams and Eric Bledsoe for Valanciunas, which I really like. They added uh, Sadoransky and Temple. They drafted Trey Murphy, who I also like. 
So like, and they added uh, Devonte Graham, who's interesting. So yeah, I like, I, like, I thought Devonte Graham was a really good ad. Yeah, I I don't I, I don't think of Graham as a starting caliber point guard, but a I'm not sure that the Pelicans need somebody like that because uh, Zion should have the ball in his hands as much as humanly possible. And B, like they want, they need guys who can catch and shoot, who can do some of that kind of stuff. And I think that could work well. You know, Graham can do some on ball, but then he can also work off ball. Uh, but my, my, my concerns here, like the Pelicans were massively disappointing on defense last year. They finished the season 23rd and a portion of that was bad shooting luck. And they do have a new coach. Maybe Willie Green will have a different defensive philosophy and they'll give up fewer I don't threes. Think I don't think their defensive personnel got better. No, I, I mean, I, I, so I thought Valanchunas was better than Adams defensively last year, but not by a dramatic amount. And I think that some of the, like, the defensive metrics were, you know, like they were, bla- Adams wasn't great, but like, he, basically, I thought Valanchunas was getting too much credit yeah, and Adams was getting the, too much blame. One of the problems with defensive metrics, the defensive metrics are basically, so when, if you're judging a defensive metric on a center, right, I, I call this the, uh, you could see a good team for us to see it was when Glenn Davis was playing next to Kevin Garnett, right? And uh, basically Kevin Garnett was carrying Big Baby's ass. And so like, functionally that rim protector will basically carry a lot of the load. And if he's next to a player who's not that great, then basically he's getting a discount for that player. Another example I can think of is when, uh, uh, Tyson Chandler was playing next to Mari Stoudemire and Carmelo oh. Anthony. And somehow that team was like top five in defense in the NBA, which I still posit is one of, is, is, is on the bar with like the seven Davis Hercules. Somehow, I don't know how he did that, but he was carrying that entire defense on his own. And the same thing kind of happens. I think some of what you were seeing with Steven Adams is, I think, situation, right? I don't think yeah. Steven Adams was like... And, and I, I think I think the talent around Steven Adams defensively was worse than the talent around uh, Jonas Allen Schroeder's defensive I, I would, um, I would, I mean, I would agree. I like the perimeter guys a lot more for last year's Grizzlies than I do yes. than I do last year's Pelicans. And I think that offensively, New Orleans talent fits together better this year. I think Valanchunas can fill a little bit of a different role offensively. And then like Lonzo, Lonzo is a better player to me than Devontae Graham, but in the half court offensively, I think that Devontae is a better fit. I don't know. We'll have to see if Kyra Lewis and Nikhil and some of these other guys can really step up, but I still do don't believe. Pel- do you think the Pelicans are better than the Timberwolves? Yes. Better than I the do. Kings? I do. But yeah. I don't think oh. they're I don't think they're dramatically better, and Vegas does, because they're their over under is thirty eight and a half either way, so that means it's thirty nine and up and thirty eight and below. I mean, I know, but that's a good line because functionally, I mean, they have Zion, right? So Yeah, I mean it, it's a very good line because like it's they I mean, internal improvement just of Zion Williamson could be enough to to, to knock this out. Like they could have a bottom they could have a bottom ten defense, but have such a so good I offense think, that they blow through this number. I kinda feel like their roster got worse though. I would I would I, so what I said what I've said before is I think they decreased their talent but they improved their fit so where those come out in the wash I'm not sure um I could I, you see this team winning 43 games that's yeah I mean Zion going supernova like, like that's that's the way that's the way it happens is that if Zion takes another step forward remember we only got point Zion for about I think it was about half to two-thirds yeah. of last season if we get that for three quarters to the whole damn thing I kind of I kind of don't even think it's Zion. I kind of think it's somewhat Zion, but you need somebody like you need somebody like um, 
uh, Jackson or somebody like somebody at least somebody from one of their other guys needs to kind of step up for them to like kind of get right. Um, or I mean, the the other thing for me, like I don't love the Ingram Zion combination. If they moved yeah. him for somebody that could shift their identity in almost any way, like a better defender, then you could open up some some upside there. A better. You think they would do, they would do Ingram for Simmons? I don't think Simmons and Zion fit together well. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that really does. Well, I mean, it does Ingram some favors, honestly, because um, yeah. then he gets he gets a better defender around him. I don't think they would. Um, it would be fascinating, like that. That's the type of trade that, like, I wouldn't like from New Orleans' perspective, but maybe David Griffin feeling the Heat does. Um, that's that's interesting. I uh... so so this is another team. We've this has happened a couple times in a row now, where I'm more confident in the fade than the over under. I think yeah, this is an extremely well set line. I agree with you. I'm not, there's no way I'm putting money on this team. Yeah, no way. Um, I'm going to go under because even though I think there's a chance that Zion is is like that he makes a real step forward and that there were just like, oh my God, why, why did we think that a 21-year-old version of Zion Williamson wouldn't be there? A, I'm always worried about health stuff with him and I always will be. B, this team has like kind of weird depth. Like they have a lot of guys that could work, but I'm not sure they will. And like if if they if things go a little bit poorly for them, I could see things. You know, like maybe they fire Griffin or they go like they just go. And Willie Green has a rep as being a developmental coach too. Like he's done some of that with with other teams. Yeah. So like, gonna, I mean, they, I come back, keep coming back to the fact that like they lost Lonzo, they lost Stephen Adams, and I don't think the talent they brought in is better. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a challenge, and maybe like they're the argument for them going you know, over you, is is also you, beyond Zion is internal improvement from other guys. Like if yeah, Kyra Lewis, if, if, you're or, giving, if you're giving the over, it's it's all on Zion, really. That's, that's but like if like, Kyra Lewis and Nikhil Alexander Walker and some of those guys, uh, Josh Hart, yeah. if those guys are better, that can help. Jackson, but they're yeah. still going to be bad defensively. Like that's the thing. Like yeah, that's okay. there they're, they're, there's not they haven't to me they they may have made these fit things that I like, but they didn't solve their problems. Like, other than maybe, like, having more shooting in the half court and maybe a little bit more half court creation, but not dramatically so. So, I'm under fade. Um, now, I think we're a year early, but Zion's MVP odds are basic, are 50 to 1. Yeah, he's got a top 5 first. He hasn't top 5. I don't know what the minimum bet you can make, whether it's $5 or $10, but if you could do that, I would do that. Just also because, can you imagine a more gratifying benefit pays off? Like, sign, 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 sign at, at 50 to 1. At 50 to 1, throw $10 on it. If you if he wins it, you get $500, and maybe even you can hedge it at the, at the All-Star break. I don't, I think he's gonna, I think he might finish top 5, top 10 this year. Um, but, I mean, 50 to 1, why the hell not? Yeah. It does look fun. Um, I, I will tell you I'm, this also. I would much prefer Zion at 50 to 1 than Ja Moran at 55 to 1, as much as I love Ja. I'm tempted to go under play on this because there's a lot of chaos on this team. Not a lot of continuity, roster turnover, the yeah. GM's under fire, kind of possibly. We don't know how safe the. I mean, how safe is that coach? Is that, oh, is oh that, he just got hired. He's fine. He's fine. And I mean, is Willie he Green coach? might. He, I, he's he's a table rasa for me in terms of like, because he hasn't been, he hasn't had the head job before. Like, maybe there, he, maybe there's some things about? that. Stan Van did defensively that that he cleans up like the the analogy for me is like I thought that Van Gundy did a very poor job 
kind of defensively, philosophically coaching to his talent. I thought that the idea that he had, like, oh, let's build off the Bucks is fine, but they didn't have Brook Lopez. So, like, that doesn't work out as well. So maybe what you get is something more similar. So the, the what I've said before is it's kind of like um, Indiana. So they went from Nate Bjorkren to – sorry, they went from Nate McMillan to Nate Bjorkren. And they actually, like, the opponents took shots from much better locations, like, better for the Pacers, um, so much worse for the team. But because teams made more of their shots and because, you know, they had a little bit of, so a little bit of bad luck, the defense was actually worse last year than it was before. Like, I could see the Pelicans giving up shots in better locations, but not really being that much better defensively because their talent just isn't that good. I, I'm tempted to go on their play on the scene, but I'm going to go on their fake. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet, I'm not going to bet that heavily against Zion. Like, and, and, and against this, like, I mean, if they figure it out, this, like, they can win 40, no problem. Like, I mean, that, can they win 40, can they win 45? But 40, yeah. I'm going to do something that might be stupid. I'm going to switch my bet on Minnesota. I'm going to go play on it. Ah, wow. Okay, so that's fun. Um, And we don't, division or any of that stuff isn't really relevant for the Pelicans. No, really, basically, I'm going to put a note that basically I am I am betting on it. Uh, I am betting on, 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 on Walker. Yeah, Um, and you could say Danny's small bet on um on Zion, because I, I just think it's fun. I love I love him. Um, so let's go uh, to I kept, him. I kept looking at it. I kept, like, my drop, my, like, I'm going, yeah, I'm going to bet on Anthony. I'm going to bet on it. Arturo's going to bet on Anthony Edwards. Interesting. Fine. I'm going to, I, I, I am betting on... It's fun. I want to bet on Anthony Edwards, right? I feel like it's it's a good thing to do. Okay, so let's let's jump to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies last year finished above 500, 38 and 34. They ended up making the playoffs after advancing through the play-in, and they had the differential. They were basically even there. They had the differential of a 43-win team on an 82-game season. They lost Valanciunas because they traded him for Steven Adams. They also acquired a bunch of point guards who they immediately sent out. Um, so they basically have the same point guard rotation that they were going to have before. And Vegas thinks they're going to be kind of the worse. same team, maybe a little bit worse. And that's, you know, so it's 41 if you want to go over or under. So 41 and up, 41 and, and under. Do you think this is a better or worse team than last year? I think it's a better team, not because, just, I, not because just, of talent. Like, I mean, I think, I think personally that Valanciunas Adams is a slight downgrade, but because a health, Jaron Jackson's going to make a huge difference, having him a much higher proportion of the year. And B, age-related improvement. This is an yeah. extremely young team. Yeah. And so... And they, and they had guys who were got Like, Adams is a good add in terms of character. If you try to build a defensive yeah. character on but a team, like, he's a great add. So the amount of post-prime players on this team is extremely low. Now, like, Kyle Anderson, age 28, we don't know if he'll be better than he was last year. But, but Slomo, Slomo's another good... Like, Slomo and Adams are two good players. Yeah. And like, and like Dylan Brooks might not be better than he was last year. We'll see if he can take another step forward. But Ja and Jaren, who did barely play it, and and Bain and Melton and, T- and Xavier maybe, Tillman, and, and like Brandon Clark can have a bounce back. Yeah, here. Brandon Clark can have a bounce back here. And I think Taylor Jenkins is a good coach. I think that they, you know, they've outperformed their defensive personnel, like the way I think of it over the last couple of years. I'm at the point where I think I can give Taylor Jenkins a little bit of benefit of the doubt. So they were seventh last year and 15th the year before. I thought both of those were outperforming the talent they had. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm not gonna play the over here, though I am considering it. I think this is more of an over fade, but I, I do. It's gonna be a Kumpo, yeah. We were all gonna go, we're, we're all over on this team. No, well, I'm, I'm, I'm overplaying. You're overplaying? Like, I, I think it's easy. I mean, I think it's easy. They're, they're, they're 40, they're, they were a 40, 43 win team this year. The line set at 40 and a half. 
and yeah, that's improving. And they had injury, so they had. And they did have, yeah, they did have some bad injury. I mean, Jaron. I mean, Jaw was mostly healthy. And they had guys on the I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm, you, you convinced me. They, they played really well in the playoffs too. They, 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 they put themselves very well. You, you convinced me. Oh, I'm playing. I'm playing it now. Overplay. Yeah. It's the kind of thing like, do you feel? Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're, 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 they're really kind of. Now, I feel a little bit weird about it because uh, while I like the Grizzlies, I don't think they're dramatically – like, I like the teams above them better, and it's always hard to bet the over on a team that you think is, like, the seventh or eighth best team in their conference. But I think they're good. Like, I think they're I think they're going to win, like, 42, 43 hits. They're the second best team in their division. That's true. Um, I mean, I mean, I I think the Pels – I think the Pels could be better, but I think the Grizzlies are – I think – I think the Grizzlies have a – the Grizzlies have a better roster and – they have comparable top talent, and I like the fit and how they play better. Right? Sure, they, like the Grizzlies have shown me that they can kind of they can they can they can, when the chips are down. The, the Grizzlies have shown me that they can win these games. So like it's kind of like yeah, I mean I feel a lot more confident about going over on them than going on the Pels. That makes sense. And I do, but I don't feel I, I, uh, Ja, I just mentioned his MVP odds are too strong. Uh, they're too rich for me. I don't like, uh, Would Memphis you, division. They're, they're not good enough to, like, uh, I mean, you're, you're betting, you're, you're betting against Jason. If, if, uh, but, but okay, even let then, put, let, let me put it this way a bet on the, well, so what, the, so what are there? The tell, tell people what, Arturo, what are their division odds? Division odds are, uh, uh, four and a half, four forty, which is actually like a good, really good number. It's, they're, they're cheaper, like, they're, the, the consensus is 185, but the actual no, best number is 440. That's so basically, really that's like a one in 20 chance that they win it, roughly. Yes, and you're betting against Jason Kidd. That's what you're doing, and, or Luca getting an extended injury. Like no, that you're would. just betting. You're just betting against Jason Kidd. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it's. It's not a that. That's a, a number really, that I would consider if I were this even. Is, but this is why the, there's a wide variation in that number between books because I think what's happening is like people are buying like that 440 number. I'm looking at it. Going like, hmm, I'm betting against Jason Kidd. I'm betting Jason Kidd. The Jason Kidd run team is going to be disappointing and disaster. Hmm, hmm. I, I kind of like that division, but like I think Memphis is four forty for division. Actually, I could totally see. I could totally see them like giving uh, Dallas a scare because again, like the downgrade from like going from Rick Carlisle to Jason Kidd is like that is a that is a massive downgrade. So I yeah, I I, I really like that four forty. That's that's an interesting. Number. I'm gonna say I'm gonna bet. I, I like I like division like plus forty to win plus forty to win the division is really cool. I like. It. Okay, so let's jump to the Portland Trail Blazers. The Blazers last year they ended up with a forty-two and thirty record. They had the differential of over an eighty-two game season of a forty-seven win team. There is obviously uncertainty around the franchise. Terry Stotts is gone. Chauncey Billups is in. Um, we don't know how long Damian Lillard is going to be there or CJ or something else. Uh, over under is at. 44 either way, so 44 and up for over, 44 and down for under. And I think this is a really, personally, I think this is a really well-set line um, because the Blazers, like, at 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 full strength, I think they're better than this. Like, I brought up that the win total for last year, and, and Lillard played a bunch, um, but CJ missed a lot of time, and he played, I mean, he was great at the beginning of the season. He was pretty good after that. Nurkic missed a bunch of time. So I think they're better than this. Like I think the Blazers, think, they're a I they're a forty eight, forty seven win team to be. 
I'm, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised you didn't mention the most important thing. Okay. No Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, their bench defense is going to be a lot better because not only is Melo gone, but Ennis Kanter is as well. And they so six, they, they, they basically played half the time with Carmelo and half the time without Carmelo. And they were six points get better for well, the and, game. And they the, functionally the swapped Larry, they swapped uh, Derek Jones Jr. for Larry Nance, which I really like. Um, yeah. This is a this is a this is a significantly better team. Like the Ross. Well, okay. So I'm talking. I, I was already over. I'm starting to talk myself into play. Not only because of that, but because of like the Clippers being hurt and yeah. like there's some I, wins here. When I when the Lions came out, I said this is the easiest over on the board. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm getting to. I'm working. I know you were more confident. In it. I'm getting to overplay as well. But I mean, like the, it comes down to this. They had Carmelo Anthony was part. Of, like Carmelo Anthony really is not an NBA player anymore. Right. He might be good, but he's really not an that he's not at that level. He he's really the worst regular player in the league at this point because I mean he's he's ancient by by NBA and he was a regular part of the rotation. He played half their minutes and if you look at their minutes with and without, I mean like this is why they lost Denverson because they played Carmelo half the time well, and every time they would play Carmelo like Denver would go on a run. And he, he, really, I don't know why they were married to it, but like they were married to it. and like simply not having him on the team. Well, so, so they're uh, just makes the edges better, and I think there's like you know they won 48 games last year, the equivalent, and you're setting the line at 43 and a half. Do I think this team is five? Like yes, I think this. I think this team. Is, I think this team is better than it was last year. I think last year, last year they're 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 overrated. This year they're massively underrated because if, people don't of, understand it, that like when players get old, like Carmelo does, particularly when he can't play defense and never could. Well, I think I, so. To me, bigger than that is. I think that Billups can try some more stuff defensively. They have better defensive talent because they added Larry Nance and Derek Jones didn't really play. Larry Nance will, so that's going to help out. He'll solve some of their backup big minutes. I, I really like that fit for them. Yeah, I don't think- I don't think they downgraded a coach, uh, other than the personnel issues there. Well, and here, so here's the other strong argument for me. Now, you could argue that last year was a little bit different than some overall, but last year, the team that had the, the, the of the top 10 offenses, the team that had the, like, the worst point differential was the Celtics. And the Celtics still had the differential of a 45-win team. And Blazers last, I mean, and so the Blazers now two years ago, it was worse for them, but their, their defense was visible. Their offense was a little less stupendous. The argument against, the argument against their over would probably be that they trade Lillard, but A, I don't think it's happening preseason and in season, I think they're going to be okay. So then are they, are they really going to make a move? Maybe they do in the offseason. Maybe he actually puts in a demand, but if they're in the like playoff mix, I don't think he will. I think that they're in going season. to be. I think that they're going to be in the fight for the one seed in the West, right? Because I think. Because wow! Wow! That's stronger. Because that's stronger than me. I think they're. I think they're more like a 40, 47 to fifty win team. No, I think they're going to be like fifty one, fifty two. Because wow. again, it's just a better working role. And they also like you know they they, they didn't they like not have Nurkic for like a long part of like, like yeah, but he misses time all the time. I mean, like so Nurkic yeah, I mean, like, Nurkic played thirty seven last year, and so that they, meant they that Canner had to start, which was different. So they got, like their big man rotation now is like Nurkic, uh, Covington, and Nance. That's, that's pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, like Cantor, I mean, they don't have Cantor anymore. It's so like their the defense, like, so no Cantor. And, and, and they'll have Carmelo. a full season of Norm Powell, though I thought, like, you know, they, they, Gary no Trent was fine. And no Carmelo Anthony. Their defense is going to be wildly better. And right? they, and, they, and Zeller at backup center, like, Zeller is a bat, better backup center for them than Ennis Cantor was, personally. And, like, it also lets you cover for Amian. Oh, sorry, Damian. Sorry, I, I forget. Like, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't play it, so maybe we shouldn't say it. But, um, I mean, like, I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is, like, I think that this team is going to be, like, like, they were saying that last year for this team, but this is, like, this is a better 
better version of that roster without the obvious kind of flaws. And I think that like they're, I mean, if they're if they have good health, they're going to be up there for kind of the one seed. Uh, I mean, it depends on it depends on exactly where it's going to be, right? So like we don't know if it's going to be kind of uh, like you know fifty five or something, but I think they can probably get to the three wins. And they were in the chase with the flaws in the roster, so I do think that they can be in that chase. So to me, it's it's overplay. It's fairly easy. So okay, do we like their MVP or divisions? Um, Southwest against I uh, know Northwest against Denver. Ooh, ten to one is actually really nice. I actually do think I like their division odds. I don't love their. Hmm. See, I, I'm not I'm not as high on their division odds just because I think the teams above like like somebody above them is going to have a it's better still year. No, Portland Northwest. So basically, it's Denver, 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 Denver or the Jazz. Oh, that's right. They're not in the Pacific. That was sorry. My no, brain they're, went they're, my brain went the wrong way. But but Utah, like, like I think of Utah as a very high floor team. We'll get to them. I, the thing is, it's ten to one though. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not there. You can be there. I mean, you're higher on them in general. I mean, I think division ten to one is actually really interesting for them, and I think like the Dame's uh, uh, MVP odds are actually interesting. Uh, so Dame right now is going off at like uh, sixteen hundred, like sixteen hundred. So I think Dame sixteen to one is actually a really interesting bet because I do think that if in there, if they're in that like one. Uh, so if they're in that one uh, seed conversation, then this could be the year for Dave, right? So I'm going to say that, like, I'm going to say, I'm going to say uh, division at 10 to 1 and Dame at 16 to 1 are both really interesting. Uh, from, it's, it's just, just given the roster has improved, there he's going to score a lot of points. He's going to be the he, he's going to be the high usage machine. He has the clearest usage and the clearest like he's he's the, he's a clear number one team on a team that could be contending for the one seed in the West. So it means to me that sixty two one is too low. And he's also he's already finished in top five multiple times. So it, he's he's a guy who could definitely win the end. If he's going to win it, it would be probably this year. Probably. Um, so I want to say I'm going to go overplay. What do you got? I'm going to go overplay as well. But I like the other stuff. I, I'm closer to the margin than you are, but I'm still there. So now it's we get to number, it's just, because it's like forty three and a half. It's well, it's lower than I thought it would be. Um, I could see it. I could see them winning 10, 10 more games than that. And, and it wouldn't. I mean, it would be a little bit surprising, but it would be stunning. Right? So, so there are scenarios where like the teams in front of them fall and they win fifty games. Now we get to the Clippers, and the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers are tough because Kawhi Leonard's going to be out some period of time. We don't know exactly how long. It could be the whole regular season. It could be less than that with his partially torn ACL. Uh, the Clippers were the second best team in terms of differential in the regular season. Under oh, no, that was two years ago. I think they were. I think they were. I think they were a little bit. No, they were second best last year. That's right. God, it feels like so long ago um and they they underperform their differential as a lot of teams that high do like the jazz did as well because when you're when you have that kind of differential you're not going to win as many games um they were top 10 on offense and defense but now they're missing their best player for a lot of the season and maybe the whole season maybe the whole season um but vegas really counted that in because their over underline is Basically 45, 45 and up for over, 45 and, and down for under. And that makes this a more challenging a challenging play for me. Um, I think part of the problem is, for this team, is I think that there's a defensive effect that's not necessarily measured in the projection. So losing some of these key players has made the defensive personnel kind of worse, right? So you're going to basically get guys who weren't in those rotations kind of have to come up and guard a more a better uh, offensive. Um, 
but they, but they have uh, defensive talent. I mean, like we don't know I mean, what they do. It's just I think I think it's just like the next man up kind of problem, right? Yeah, so yeah, like, and it's the, I, I like to think of it as cascading injuries. So that also means that any subsequent thing, if Mar- if Marcus Morris or Batum or somebody else goes down, then they're going to need to be leaning on maybe Justice they're, Winslow. They're also, like they're, they're historically the most un- like them and like they're one of the most under- like historically the most under the LA teams. Yeah, the but they're this teams. is so this I- is different. I think Ty Lue's, I think Ty Lue's a good coach. Um, I, I'm I'm more concerned about the non Kawhi Clippers offensively than defensively. I think that they have they have talented players, but they don't really have a great straw that stirs the drink. And it's been a long time. Like I had Paul George I, before he got hurt that season. I think I had him third in MVP, but he was doing it in a kind of a different way, playing next to Russ. Um, and you know, I, I like Reggie Jackson. I thought that he had a nice, a nice standard. So I, I'm worried that they're going to slide back further and getting Eric Bledsoe doesn't help in that respect. He had a brutal, brutal year in New Orleans. So I'm, I, I mean, I think that the Clippers go over this. Like it's just, it's, they have a lot of talent. Like, I mean, Paul George is still on this team. They have defenders. They have a good coach. They're, you know, they can still put out capable rosters, you know, so like if their starting five is Jackson, like, I don't know if it's going to be Jackson, George, Batum, Morris, and Zubats, something like that. Like, that's a capable lineup. Like, that's better than those middle teams in the East. Like, you know, that's better than the Bulls. I think that's, are they, I think that's, are they better than Memphis? I think they're, I think they're in the same ballpark. Um, yeah, which means that we think they're like we think they're like that's the thing. They're, I think they're more like Memphis, where I think Memphis is too low. I think they're probably a bit too high. So I'm leaning towards under, but it's just a smidge. I'm yeah. like like 45 wins. Is what I'm I'm over fade. I and and part of it is like if they get Kawhi back, even if it's part time, I think that he'll really make things easier for them. And the other thing that the Clippers have that I like beyond uh, I mentioned the coach is they have a decent amount of functional depth. You know, like they like I don't love Bledsoe, but if Bledsoe's not playing well. They can give Terrence Mann more minutes. If if he's not playing well, then maybe they can try Justice Winslow. And they don't even have to get into like the key the the rookies, Keon Johnson, Preston, BJ Boston. Like, I don't think those guys are gonna play very much. And then the other huge argument for the Clippers is while I don't think they're the most desirable buyout destination, if it looks like Kawhi is coming back, I think they can get somebody. And also Steve Ballmer is always willing to spend. So like if I were to guess just purely on talent, not on health, were they to get better or worse from now to the end of the season? I would guess that they would get better. Yeah, I mean, I see it. This is why I think they stay the same. Play. But yeah, this is why I'm not going on the play. That's some kind of yeah. going like. I, I think we staring. see them similarly. Um, I would not. I mean, division odds for them. No. Well, well, okay, but here's the juicy one. MVP is going to be no. Championship, but do we think Kawhi is really going to be back? I think he might. Like, so I my, the number that was in my head for the Clippers to consider it was ah, fifteen was 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 fifteen to one. That was the number for me that if it was fifteen to one or richer, I would consider it. And it's sixteen to one. Well, it's twenty five to one. Best. Yeah. Oh, so if it's twenty five, yeah, I would. I wouldn't throw a lot on it. This is more like a Zion MVP vote. Okay. But like, oh, I, I was seeing it at I was seeing it at uh, sixteen. It's twenty five. Yeah. Wow. To win the title. I mean, depends. You gotta shop around, but yeah. Like, Ooh. Yeah, I would. I mean, I wouldn't throw a lot on it, but I'd throw a little bit. And for MVP, I mean, Paul George is at forty to one. I don't think he's going to have the volume. I, I mean, I, and I don't think the Clippers are going to be good enough. Like, if they're a top three team, maybe he can do it. But uh. yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I, I don't love it. I think that like, if we get better news on, like, see, the thing about that twenty-five to one is you might get a better number for it later in the year. If like depending on the news, you might. But <laughs> I, I also I worry that. 
it could like if they're a little bit better at the start of the year or we get any positive I, I would be I would be okay with it at twenty five. Now I wouldn't have gotten it at sixteen. I would have said like wait and see if it gets better. But twenty five I think it might not get that much better than that. Maybe it gets to twenty eight or something, but um if it gets to like thirty then that probably means that something bad happened and I, I wouldn't be as interested in it. Yeah. And again I'm talking a small a small number, like not a not a not a big bet or anything like that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I mean I have no issue with that. And then we um, don't like yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's not horrendous. Like if you're a George optimist, like it'd be kind of a fun one, but no, if I were like in that same ballpark, I would rather bet on Zion or bet on, oh, and, but, and don't, obviously don't touch, don't touch Kawhi for MVP. He's not going to play it off. Like there's, there's no chance. Um, so let's get to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, the Nuggets last year, they went 47 and 25. They had the differential over an 82 game season of they also a, they also and this is important they did not have full home court advantage they did not I mean they did have the they yeah. had they were playing at altitude but they didn't have the fans which I think of the fans as a smaller part than the altitude yes. for them and the altitude is a bigger deal yes. um and so so they had the differential of a 54 win team last year um I think that and so but this, they had this line this line is set very well oh it's set it's set really well I mean so last year you know they had they had that they played Jamal Murray played roughly half the season. I think he's going to play a little bit less than half the season, but they also got Aaron, they got Aaron Gordon midway through and the line is set at 47 and a half either way. So that's 48 and up or 47 and down. This is a really good line. I, I, I'm definitely a fade. I'm genuinely torn on whether to go over or under. Um, They're a really good team on over because of the home court. And that's going to be back. And that's going to be a thing, particularly with COVID because reduced loan capacity is going to be a thing for some players. And you throw that into playing at altitude, it's going to be a real problem. Some, some guys are just going to die on, on a back max. And, and not literally die, just like being figured uh, in, uh, in that altitude is just going to be like rough. Um, who's their second best guard? Who's their, who's, who's, who do you think is the best guard on Denver? Best healthy guard, obviously. Yes. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, so they're very front court heavy. I would say. It might be the guy I, I kind of think is my dark horse for, uh, rookie of the year. Oh, I don't I think, think Bones is, I don't think Bones is going to play enough. I think, um, I think Bones is really interesting and Bones, we'll talk about it. I think Bones is a guy who could definitely get, like, I think there's a shot he gets to start a job before Murray gets back because there isn't really a better guard. Like, there's a better, there's a better like, I think, I think Barton, I think Barton's going to take a lot of that. Yeah, but is Barton, is, is Barton your, your, your shooting yeah. Well, I mean, Barton. I mean, he. Yeah. So then you're probably put. You think you're thinking Bones starts over Monte at the one and, and yeah. Campazzo. It's possible. I, I think he. Yeah. I think he'll it's have Monte and Campazzo and like Austin Rivers. I'm like, eh, I yeah. I like Island better than all the, the, those three players. And, and I would rather we'll see. if there's something there, I'd rather develop it because I do think that that kid has a lot of potential. Right. He so does. I would if he if he shows up and he's actually a competent starter. Then he could definitely get the volume because he does have the offensive shots, which is I think what are the, what are the I think like the odds on him are like hundred, so it's like like that's a fun bet. Yeah, hundred to one, hundred to one. Yeah, that's, that that's probably, could that's throw. My, that's my favorite. That's my favorite rookie of the year in Nuggets bet. It would be the fun. It would be the and he also has the best jersey. Nuggets, Denver Highlands, great <laughs> best jersey. Um, and he's also he's great. He's so great. Oh, great. so mm-hmm. I'm 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 not as high on Highland and uh, rookie of the year just because the other guys are going to get a lot of time and even if it's hundred to one. That's that's why I like it. It's a hundred to one. Um, but let's get back to the the the, the crux Getting of it with their the their um, over under. So forty eight. Ah, it's so good. And Jokic, the other part of this is Jokic is a damn Ironman. Like, so he's going to play. 
Um, you don't have the same the same worries with him. Uh, Porter, I mean, your, your argument for the over is that you know Murray gets back, they get a little better play from the the. Well, the, the, I the, think the, the argument guy. is that they're like a and let's say a you forty from you, you get a lead from. Um, uh, sorry, ew, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. So if you get a lead from Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and you know you you integrate, you have the full season of Aaron Gordon, and you get something from the other guys there. Then yeah, I mean I, the problem is they do have some like you know I, I love Jeff Green. So uh, it's, it's it's a bit dangerous. I, I don't think. I mean, obviously, without Murray, they're not as good as they were last year, right? Uh, there's a shot for this. Uh, there, I mean, their, their division is. I do think. I think the problem is. Like, I think I would probably rate Portland over them. Right? That's 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 my thing. I think Portland is a better team than they. Are. Um, which. Be, and, and again, this is not a full strength judgment. This is Portland right now is a better team than Denver is going to be for the season until they get Murray, right? And when they get Murray back, it's a different story, but I don't know if you're going to get Murray back at 100% when he comes back. So I'm kind of under on this team, and it, which is bad because, like, generally they're a team that goes over, but I'm kind of under on this team. It's. I mean, I'm really torn on it. I'm I'm pulling up I'm pulling up one stat that I want to that might end up being not definitive, but pretty but pretty in, instructive for me. So when Jokic was on the floor and Jamal Murray was off, and that includes stuff from before Jamal got hurt, but they they played together, you know, a, fa- a fair portion of their time. They were so they still were a positive team. They had plus one point four differential. Um, so that's plus 1.4 that's really like about a 44 45 win team and they weren't great on defense but they were still you know like 117 and you offensive have to look at it, you have to look at it when uh, when Aaron Gordon was there yeah i mean well so if you if you add in ag if you want to do that so then that near, narrows it much more cleanly to when Jamal Murray was hurt plus 6 net rating uh 91st in offense so i'm going to go over fate I think that I think that they're a 50 plus win team when Jamal Murray is available. I think that Jokic is going to play a lot because he's that. And so I I don't love it. Like I I I think they're going to be in the 40 47 46 to 50 range, but I think there's a little bit more on one side than the other, so I'm going to go over fade. Yeah, I think they're going to finish third in the division, right? That's that's my um, And okay, what about what about Jokic MVP or the repeat? It's uh, sixteen to one. No, no. I think he I could. Think, I think he could do it. Um, I think that's a fair number for him, but I don't love it. Would you rather bet that or the division? Uh, what are their division odds? Division odds probably like five. Yeah, four to one. Four to one are the division odds. I'd. I mean, I'd rather have. I'd rather have Jokic MVP. I think. I. I think the Jazz are going to have a good regular season. Um, we'll get to that. Players sixteen to one. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay, so sixteen to one. I don't. I don't like. The, I don't think. Again, I, I think. I. I, I it's not one of. It's not one of my best MVP bets. I think he has to walk on water to win the MVP. This year. I don't no, think he does. Like, I think he just has to be slightly. Healthy. But I mean, if if the Nuggets, if Jamal Murray misses a vast majority of the season, and they're a top two or top three team, then I think he's going to have a reasonably strong case. Um, yeah, I don't. I think that. I think and here's strong, here's the other point. argument in favor of Jokic that I think could be really persuasive. I think there is a possibility that the Nuggets are basically be him and Embiid. That they're the two players who have who have the best teams that are that they're not splitting votes like and and maybe Giannis depending on where the Bucks end up like the and Dane, Dane. Yeah. yeah I mean if you think I, if you think the Blazers are going to be better so like yeah I mean that's it's a 
It yeah, might like, come down. It might, MVP could come down to who finishes first between those two teams. It, it could. Um, but so that's why six, you know, sixteen to one is talk, fine. It's not amazing. I think. I think, sorry, I think, I think you talked me. Sixteen to one is fine. I like it. Yeah. Too. We both. And if like, you're like, both. if you're a yoga, I would rather bet they're over than that. There, there's a reason why I like joking at sixteen to one, and it has to do with I think the guy who's the favorite I think is overrated, and it's not because of him. I think it's because of the team. But sure, okay. we'll get to that soon enough. Um, but before that, let's get to the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors have had a weird couple of years. They had the differential of a forty-two, basically a five hundred team last year, but they were also playing without. Clay Thompson, they had the fifth offense in the 21st ranked defense, partially because yet again, they were horrendous when Steph Curry was off the floor. And Vegas. Well, they, were, they, were, they were horrendous when James Wiseman was. Also true. Um, let's, be, let's, let's be appropriate. I think like yeah. when he, when they, for some reason strategically that they, I don't understand, they, 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 Curry insists on doing these really dumb things sometimes, some of these players. Well, it also might be partially front office. Like, it, there are a couple things it could be. Um, but so the Warriors, Vegas is treating them, you used the term before, as a public team. I think Vegas is treating them as a public team. Uh, the over-under is at 47 and a half either way, so 48 and up, and then 47 and down if you're going under. And um, there I is a... LeBron, Le, I think the LeBron rule is going to apply here, but we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, so I could the Warriors finish with 48 or more wins? Yes, absolutely. They Not could. The, I don't Think with the I, I, I think they. I, I mean, defensively, they have a lot of talent. Offensively, they you know they can figure some stuff out. They're, but they, they're playing too many. They're playing too many rookies. They're still going to play. Well, I don't know. How, I don't know how much they're going to play their rookies. But they. But the problem is like one of the big problems for the Warriors has been backup point guard. And yet again, they did absolutely nothing to solve it. So the non Curry minutes are going to be a disaster offensively yet again. I think their defensive talent is going to be good again. And like Clay, as talented as he is, he doesn't solve the non Curry minutes problem because a he's gonna they're gonna keep those guys together a lot how old is how old is clay again clay coming off on achilles like yeah there's some because like i have some real concerns about like clay ever being clay again oh yeah i mean there's reason i mean and and i think he's gonna be more of a a lot of there's a lot of pressure a lot riding on him being himself again i think that if the team had done a like if the junior drafted lamello again i would be better this would be a better team and maybe they go to the finals last year but they also kind of like don't have to have clay moving around on the ball as much as they're gonna like they really should have drafted somebody who could move the ball around effectively because that means when play comes back after that injury he doesn't have to do that much movement around on offense he can just sit there and shoot which is catch and shoot and then like well he'll, he'll i think clay will step back into his same offensive role it's just can they find him and yeah, i don't know. know but yeah but I, what i'm saying is like i don't know if he physically can hold up on that after the kind of injuries he's had at his age so there's some real question marks for me on this roster plus the fact that they have like some real holes and some real opportunities for her to do some really bad things on offense on this particular team and really this roster doesn't make too much sense like i think that this is a situation where they're gonna waste another year of curry's uh prime like really last year like i was annoyed because really if they if they if they gone slightly left on their decisions last year i really think they could have gone to the finals last year. because if they didn't have the two holes that they had they just just draft a mellow and then get it and get a big right instead of like doing what you did and got and get kelly Uber. you could have gotten like soul or somebody and you would have been in a much better position to actually contend. And I think that this, again, seems to me like the exact same situation where they didn't fix the issues that they had. And they're basically carrying over the same problems where, like, they have players on the roster that can't play. And they don't have a lot of options other than relying on some older players that are hurt, right? And really just wanting Curry to just do everything, but that's not going to work once you get to the top level because, like, teams can now basically deny him by just focusing on him because they don't have any opponents. So... 
I mean, unless they make a trade, which, you know, I know they're, tr- they're trying to get Simmons, mostly that's a scuttlebutt, but, like, again, the problem is, like, because they haven't fixed the roster, their holes on the roster, nobody wants the players that they have. Like, like they, 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 the problem for them is, like, what they can't offer anything that Philly would want because they don't have it on the roster. Well, right? their, mo- their money is tied up in play. Like, I mean, Wiggins, even though he has improved, he's still not a, a, the critical selling piece. And then the other guys, I mean, that's the other... I mean, Wiggins is basically Harrison Barnes to that's what he is. Yeah, he's, like, I mean, he's, similar. He's, he's stepped better up. for you, but he's not going to be like he's not going to be good anywhere. Right, like, and he's and he's paid and he's paid a, a lot of money, and that makes it a big problem. Like there isn't surplus value there. So I, I'm, I, I'd, be, I'd be fine with Wiggins at the MLE on certain teams, but like, oh, I think he's no, I think he's a, I think he's a starter. I just don't think he's a like eh. a heavily above average. Or anything I like don't. That. I mean, I, we, we kind of. I'd rather have him be like kind of a guy coming off the bench and doing things. I think like better teams are not, not going to have him. I mean, there are teams that would have him as a starter, but I don't. I don't necessarily think that. He's, yeah, I mean, Wiggins last but, year, I thought he played better defensively. He had over. He had basically fifty seven percent true shooting. Like he, on, on the wing, on the wing, you're not going to find. You're going to find better players than that. Obviously, that's why I'm not saying he's a top five or top ten player at his position. But there aren't there aren't thirty. Yeah, Costco. What do you get? Okay, I mean that's. that's uh, and, and again, it's just like I, again. At one point, he was the worst. He was the worst player for the nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two in the history of the league. Now he's, you know, he's a reasonable kind of six marginal starter, and that's fine. But he's he doesn't command that play. And I think part of that is the fact that he's playing on a roster with Steph Curry. That kind of helps, right? Um, but I do think that like they keep, you know, they when you have generational offensive talent. You have to put players around them that can take advantage of it. And the Warriors have done a really bad job with that. And it's a pity because I do think that like he had an incredible season last year and just ill-served by the roster. And I'm concerned that he's going to have the same season and he's going to be ill-served by the roster. With all that said, I'm an underplay on this team. I'm an underfade. I think that there is a way that they could that they could do it. I think Steph is an incredible offensive player, um, but it's it's going to be a challenge. And a part of how they would do it is playing their young guys less. And whether they can, and I think there might be some. So who's their best five then? Like like Looney. What is their okay? Tell me what their what, what's their best five? Oh, the best five men, best five men lineup. So we'll we'll assume Clay is back. So it's Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins. And then either probably Looney or Iguodala, depending on how how Andre looks. But maybe it's or Porter, Porter or Bielita. I mean, I like some of the guys that they're at it, but still, this is like they're going to play Wiseman, right? They're, they're yeah, going to try. I'm their- not. I'm not as sure that they will this year. I mean, last year when it was like kind of a weird gap year, and they weren't going to be that good anyway. This year, like as soon as Clay comes back, there's going to be a lot more immediate pressure. Like I think, I think that the organizational stuff is going to shift a little bit. We're both, we're both under. I said pullover is like the worst. Automatically, my finger was. No, no, it's under. Yeah. Um, it's. And are they better? Th- are they better than the Clippers this year? Uh, I think they're. I think they're in the same ballpark. I think that the. Um, I think that the Clippers are probably a little bit, probably like, a little bit better because I think Clay's going to be limited. Like I think you know, if we were to say 100% Clay and then Kawhi only plays a fifth of the year or less, then I would probably say the Warriors. But we don't know what Clay we're getting, so I'm going to go. I'm. I think the Clippers are a little bit better. Um, but I mean, like I mean, yeah, you look at some of the non-Wiseman stats for last year's Warriors. Like I think there is potentially yeah, not, a. I literally have to throw out all the Wiseman stats for like playoff ball. I like, just like just ignore them. They're just like they're complete garbage they're like just ignore those stats those stats are and he'll no be bear. he'll be better presumably but like still i mean, I mean we kind of think we don't the problem is i think 
think it's the the problem for him is he's in the worst possible situation he could be in terms of development because he would be much better off being on a garbage team where like they could really kind of work on the like better off on like OKC where you just work on the reps and actually get better in a few years like like in, or Aiton where DeAndre Aiton was on a bad Suns team and he was able to get the reps to actually get to now he's a really good player and I know they were comparing some there's some comparison with him uh, with Aiton and uh, and Wiseman but I don't think Wiseman is going to get the same kind of reps or going to have the same opportunity to be bad anymore. I mean, I, I, I mean, the problem is the problem is that like you have these generational guys on this team that really kind of want to win now. So a guy like Wiseman, who's a project, is going to get buried. Or if you play him, he's going to be a liability, right? And maybe that changes, but I don't necessarily see that. That's that's not something I'm willing to bet on. Right? Do you like their division or title odds or anything? Um, the one that would be most interesting to me with them is is Steph MVP at nine to one. That's like I, I don't think he's going to get it. I thought that last year was his best chance at this phase of his career, even though the Warriors will be better this year than they were how last many, year. How many games would they have to win for you to think that's reasonable? I mean, they would have to win, like, for what, 52? I think, games? no, if they, if they won, like, 48, I think that there would be some buzz. Um, if yeah, he's the... Buzz, it, but I'm talking about... I think he has... I, I think prob- they probably have to win, like, 51 for him to get a real shot. I think they have to... I think they're probably going to have to... They would have to win the division for me, I think. Or, get, or come close to winning their division for them to do it. And I don't... I mean, no, I, I, I don't think that, like... I mean, this is a better roster than it was last year on paper, right? Uh, with the holes that they still have in place. <sighs> Can he hold it to that face? Um, I mean, I think that they're, you know, they're a few wins better, but like, it's still the roster doesn't make sense to me, so I don't love it. If you like, do you like the uh, Curry for MVP? I don't like it. I think I would consider it, but no, I, th- I don't. It's not one of my favorites on the board now. Okay, so let's move on. Yeah, and we can, yeah, the Mavericks. So last year, Dallas finished forty-two and thirty. They had over an eighty-two game, the differential of a forty-seven win team. They largely kept things pretty stable in terms of their personnel. They swap functionally swapped Josh Richardson for Reggie Bullock, added Sterling Brown, and also importantly changed their coach. Um, yes. Vegas thinks they're going to be about the same level of team, and maybe they can be a little bit healthier. Kristaps um, Porzingis missed a fair amount of time last year. I think he missed about half, a little less than half the season. Um, Powell missed some time, um, but they were they were, I mean, modestly healthy overall, um, and they swapped their coach. So. I, and they've downgraded. I mean, I, we'll see what Jason Kidd is, but I mean, I Carlisle is one of the better coaches in the league. And last time he coached, I had Jason Kidd as the worst coach in the league. So for like, their that has changed. No, I mean it might have. I mean, we've seen a few coaches that I was down on get better. Like I mean, Monty Williams. I didn't think he did a great job in New Orleans, and he did a much better job in, on Phoenix last year. But Kidd, I mean. We'll, we'll see. Um, but so the argument in favor of them going over 48 and a half, it's 48 and a half either way, is Luca going another level here. I mean, and Dallas was already, they were the eighth best offense last year, but I think they were way better than that in Luca's minutes. And it's possible. I mean, I, I think that, it, I think Luca will be better this year than he was last year, but better mm-hmm. enough. Would you, which is more likely, they win 50 games or 52 games and like pretending for the one seed or they're garbage fire and win 41 games? Oh, I don't think, I think they'll win more than 41. I mean, they have, I think they have better talent than that. Eh, 43 games. 43, then we're starting to get into the range. Like 52, because like you think about how well this team has to play. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going off. Well, but I mean, here's the, here's the argument in favor of that. They had the differential of a 53 win team two years ago. Like they, and, and Porzingis played a little bit more and they, you know, that was the team that didn't force any turnovers, any that type of stuff. 
So I, I think there's an argument. They had better. They had better pieces on the bench last year. Sorry, it was more interesting. The year that year. I'm 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 very down. I'm 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 thinking that like that downgrade is going to be significant. Uh, Carlisle got a lot of this roster. Uh, and this is really, I mean, they got Luca, but everything after that is kind of not great. I don't. Well, and the, the other big. I, mean, con- I like I like THJ, but THJ is kind of a nice complimentary. The, the other big concern for me with Dallas in terms of this over under is that they do not have that many like pre prime players or really young guys that you expect to take a step up. Like, yeah, maybe Josh Green can be better, but Josh Green barely played. I don't think he's going to play that much this year. Like Luca, Luca is the. If Luca's out, this team is a disaster. Yeah, the only, but not only that, the only guys in their rotation who are 25 or younger, are Jalen Brunson and Luka. Like, Porzingis is already 26, Finney Smith, and Hardaway Jr., and Kleba. Like, all those guys are older. And so it's not like there's this internal improvement from anybody other than Luka, and he's already incredible. So could he get better? Yes, obviously he could. But could they have worse injury luck? Could they have a player, you know, have a worse, have one of their role players? Like I thought Hardaway had a nice push towards the end of the year. Um, could some of those guys shoot a little bit worse? Um, you know, well, one I. Of the, one of the reasons I liked Luca when he was coming into the pros was he was already kind of, he already had the reps at the pro level, right? So a lot of these guys were coming in from Europe or basically playing at the highest level, including yearly, and already have the rep minutes that get them to that, that experience that gets them to that level in terms of competitiveness. So you're getting a guy who's coming in and you're going to get like closer to the tippy-top version of himself for a longer period of his prime. But the caveat to that is that the ceiling is somewhat lower on these guys because I don't think that like that experience... So he isn't necessarily picking up experience at the rate of somebody who basically came from playing in the Big Ten tournament, right? So, you know, you know he's playing like against like, you know, like like philosophy majors in the in the Big Ten tournament and like now he's playing on at this like tippy top level versus a guy who's been playing like uh you know either pro league or you know I mean Luca was guarding Russell Westbrook when he was sixteen, right? Um in in a in an actual game environment. And I think that that means to me that I think my expectation on his improvement, I think he has, he's still going to improve somewhat, right? But I think his improvement is going to be marginally less than some, like, I think Carl Anthony Dallas is somebody who's similar. His, his top level improvement is going to be less because he's already got like all this, like, you know, he's got 10 years of like top level, either international or pro experience, right? So at this point, you know, you're going to see improvement, but it's going to be marginal on the edges, right? I think what we saw in the playoffs is probably the tippy top version of himself, right? Maybe you know. I, I think he, like, I think he could still get better. I mean, players. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I, I think like my, my expectation on him, I don't, I don't expect him to like take a like a quantum leap like I would somebody who's like twenty or twenty one and has played like a year at pro level ball. For someone like him, hey, he's been playing international ball forever and he's been playing like pro ball forever too. So it's a little less uh, room to grow in terms of experience. That's 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 my take. So yeah, this I, is, I, I think that. That's, yeah. I think that's partially fair. I also think, even though Reggie Bullock and hasn't necessarily overall been better than Josh Richardson, I think that he'll be better for Dallas because he can shoot more reliably and he can defend all right. And um, Richardson also had a really challenging year, including COVID at one point for the Mavs. So I'm under fade. I, I think that there's a chance that they like there's there's a pathway for them to go over if Luca is really good and he's been pretty damn durable. Um, but I considered play, and I'm guessing you're going to be under play. 
Yeah, wonder boy. I'm, I'm 100. I, I, I was looking forward to betting against Jason Kidd, and I have been looking forward to get betting against Jason Kidd since basically he was announced as the coach of the Mavericks. Uh, I just feel like he's going to find a way to get me there, um, just because he is not a good coach. And I think this situation is combustible enough that I, I, I don't. I really don't get it. I mean, he's not a guy with a track record of success. Uh, and really, teams the teams that got rid of him actually got better. And really, kind of, it's it's, it's a guy who also kind of like you know puts puts you know makes these situations kind of weird. So uh, you already have like discontent with, uh, with how Porzingis is basically kind of going. So like you're throwing another flammable wall in from there. Uh, we already know that this front office has had some issues before. Uh, you know the whole thing with Harold Bob, the whole thing before with harassment suits. So it, it's you know let's let's introduce a really kind of combustible element to this mix. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm comfortable. There's there's a lot of like smoke that I'm like, eh, I don't like it. And um, Carlisle, Carlisle was a really good coach. He got a lot out of his players and got the most out of it. And I think this is going to be a re- this is really going to be a downgrade from what they were. And again, any if this is a very fragile thing, if if Luca misses any time, they're losing this. Oh oh yeah. Um, let's go through some of their other odds. Luca at four point four to one for MVP. I think that's hated. I, I don't hate it. I think that he could be the best player, but I I would I would rather if this were like six seven or eight. Like I would feel better yeah, about I, it there. The problem is like I don't think his team is going to be like competitive because of, like again, Jason Kidd is his coach, right? Yeah, so I mean I they could. Think- I think they could have the best offense. I I, I would say it was that two or three years ago he was the most valuable offensive player in the league like if he does that again then you're you're in the mix at bare minimum uh division odds Ooh, i don't like it at all. like like it's like negative money it's like ooh, geez. but what is it just so i'm i'm trying minus, to find. minus minus 150 minus 150. So basically you, you bet 150 to win 100 Oof. and i mean this division has i mean memphis and new orleans i think that dallas is <laughs> going to finish better than them but like why why waste your money with that like i it's, could I it's could not totally, a sure enough thing. I could totally see Memphis like basically like fighting with Dallas to the last day for that division. Yeah. Because I, I think the, the Memphis is exactly the opposite of the Dallas situation in that I trust that coaching staff and I trust and I like kind of the roster across the board. I think obviously Memphis and like like Dallas has a better top level player, but other than the top level player, and I think I mean Ja is good. I mean he's not Luca, but Ja is good. And but the rest of these guys across the board, I much prefer the roster that like Memphis has and like coaching has the front office that Memphis has to the mess of Dallas. So I mean I, I'm I'm comfortable going that like can I. Get like, and again, I'm gonna have to check these all. I'm seeing that 440, I'm gonna check the real number, but like, yeah, I, I definitely enjoy the idea of betting on Memphis, and I think that's a good bet because I think, I think, like, Dallas, like, people are not accounting for the, how bad of a mess the situation in, in both uh Milwaukee and Brooklyn was or not, right? And who boy, uh, like, I, honestly and truly, I mean, I, I. There's 30 jobs in the NBA, right? And when you have a guy with this track record, and I'm not going to get into it, but like, it, you, I, I have a hard time thinking that with his personal history, this is a guy you want to take a chance like that's gonna be talking to your players who you're playing these multi-million dollar contracts, and who you know the agents kind of run the league now. So if he kind of goes off or he goes off like you know he has a crisis or like he cusses somebody out or like he does some of the things he's done in other in other uh, locations, it's a real risk you're taking with the assets you have on the team. And I understand he's a like Mavericks legend, but really. 
there are other people you could have brought in on board that wouldn't have the level of risk or the bad experiences. Right? This is me going like, like as a fortune, let's say, you know, if you're a multi-million dollar corporation, why would you do this, right? And I get personal relations. This seems like, a, you know, I, you do it in a situation where you think the coach is like paid his dues or like hasn't had an opportunity or actually could be good. And this is neither. So I don't get it, and I'm kind of you know wondering what's going to go. I'm like I'm on a streak of like four unders in a row. What the hell's going on? <laughs> I'm Jeez. only on, I, I'm on a streak of four fades in a row. Um, let's go to the Phoenix Suns, the reigning Western Conference champions. Yes. Went 51 and 21 last year. They had the differential of a 56 win team. Um, they because so so they overperformed it by a little bit. Uh, the Suns were also unusually healthy last year. M- almost all of their best players played. 67 or more games, Crowder and Cam Johnson missed yeah, but, a little but, bit of time. But the, Sun, the, Sun, the Suns are always unusually healthy. That's true. They have, they have a good medical staff. I mean, with Chris Paul, it's, it might be a little bit different. Um, but they, um, they're, so I was expecting this to be a much tougher call, but Vegas yeah. set the line at 50, so it's basically 51 either way. So 51 and up or 51 and down. And that's an over for me. That's an over. That's an easy over. That's yeah. a very easy. I mean, um, they're, they're the Suns last year. They were uh, one of the only teams that was top 10 in offense and defense. I, I think that there was some opponent shooting luck. I think there, there's a little bit there, but I also think that the that fun, team, that team is very solid. Yeah. The fundamentals were, on them are the totally best. solid on both ends of the floor. They are they were also the best team in the league at, at road games. So they're, they're right. really good. They're, they they're very, also, they're, 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 they're a worthy finals team. Yeah. And they're, they're also deep. They have, fun, they have front court depth. They have, they actually added a backup center this year in JaVale McGee, which was, I mean, they do have Sharich out, but like that's not. I mean, Javale's fine. They'll they'll be okay there. And if they need a another center off the scrap heap, hopefully this year they do it. You know, they have point guard depth, and you know the campaign. And uh, I don't love Elford Payton, but he's going to be marginalized. And Shamit's all, Shamit, like I mean, I liked him a lot a couple years ago. He's not quite there. So like this is he's going to go to Chris Paul school now. Yeah. So it's it's an overplay for me. Yeah, it's an overplay. I, I think that like even the risk because like Chris Paul supposedly now. So Chris Paul heard everybody complaining about his contract and supposedly just went insane into the uh, Tom Brady kind of health kick, uh, like ultra organic diet. Like the, he was already like, pretty. He was already pretty close on a lot of that. No, stuff no, but he went. He went supposedly he went like completely like just like like Tom Brady level kind of deal. And like if you look at like he, I think he's basically missed like three games in the last three. Something something silly. Like he's he's played more games the last three years than he has any time in his life and actually I, th- I actually like really kind of do feel like you can, you can trust his health I think he, he takes very well good care of himself uh, this organization actually shown that they like really develop their players Monty's done a really good job uh, having Chris Paul there is really good. Uh, we've seen this in a couple places where, like, it's really good at developing guys around him. Uh, I think he's – because he's really sharp. Like, he's been on some really historically good defenses. I think a lot of it is because he sees it, and he kind of does a really good job at, like, helping the staff develop. So you're giving Monty Williams credit, but I think part of it is Monty Williams and Chris Paul together. Kind of like that kind of synergy plays off each other. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, like, to me, it's a very easy over. Like, 50, like 50 and a half is just like – and again, the reason this, this is happening is because, like, there's the, the LA teams are very public. So, functionally, I think that, like, still the uh, the Lakers, the, sorry, the, uh, the, the the respect for those teams from their fans is basically means that the other teams in the division are giving you great prices. And I think that, like, I mean, I love the prices on Phoenix. Phoenix I, think, I think Phoenix over is it's one of the easy, another another very easy. I think that, um, like. So, I, I don't love their uh, Devin Booker's MVP 33 to 1. Like, that would be a big jump for him. But it is my favorite division. 
So what is it? Uh, it is two two five. So oh, that's good. That is that is a that is a that is a great price. Um, yeah, that's model. very good. That is that is that is an excellent. Uh, and you probably will not get a better price on that. Like, so one of the things about these prices on the future divisions is you have to think about: Am I going to get a better price on this number? And my feeling is that Phoenix is going to go on an early run and get a lead. And I don't think you're going to get a better price than this two twenty five. I think they're going to build a lead early and keep it because of things we we'll talk about when we get to the theme that's coming up next. So I do think that two two five is a number you bank now. Bank that number now because you will not get a better number than. Uh, 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 what about their division? What about their conference? Where where do you where, where are you seeing their conferences at odds? Uh, no, I'm, I'm looking. It's on the sheet. It's, uh, I know, I know, no, I'm no. I'm saying is what is what is the number? Eight and a half, eight and a half. So two and a, two two five uh, and then eight and a half for the conference. I don't love it. It's not bad though. Like who, who's going to win this? I mean, I think that I mean in a playoff series, they're already shown that like they're they're better than those Lakers. And well, like, they used, no, they I mean they beat they beat the they better. beat the Lakers. They beat the Lakers once Anthony Davis got hurt. They were going to lose that series. Yes, but the Lakers. We'll talk about the Lakers issues now. But in essence, am I saying so eight and a half to one? Am I saying that the I would put Phoenix in like you know they're better than twenty five percent to win that conference? I don't. Simply I don't. Th- I don't think they are. I think. I think. I think they. I think they can be basically every other team in a series. And I think that the issue is because the Lakers have some fragility issues. I think the the, the Muzaks are fake, and they're they're always worse. Like uh, the Jazz are always worse in playoff series because of the fact that like they don't have the the, the they don't have the home super home court advantage. So generally, they're worse than they are in the regular season, and they really you know they're coach kind of is bad in these classes. He makes really weird and strange adjustments and he always costs them a game. So if I there's no chance I'm picking the Jazz over the Suns in a series. So given that eight and a half to one to win the West is good, particularly like given the rest like I actually kinda like the two I mean, I think I didn't mention it, but like Portland at thirty to one and Phoenix at like eight and a half to one are really good conference. Oh, I, I don't I, think I don't think Portland's going to win the West. I they're not good enough. I I think, but again, again, I don't think the West is that good. I think that like somebody somebody will be good. I mean, if Kawhi comes back or the Lakers figure it out, like I don't I don't I see. A, I think there's enough holes that like Portland at thirty to one is really interesting. Yeah, we we have a difference it's of opinion. That's okay. I mean, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put like there's a ten to one. I'm gonna put like uh, Arturo. Like Portland, I'm talking myself to the Portland. But yes, I like it. I have 31 for West. I think they. I mean, if they win, like I, I'm still thinking. Like I think any, I think any West team is getting like is getting murdered, killed by the by the Nets or the or the, the Bucks. Uh, I just think that's just that's too much of, it, of an ass for any of these teams. Uh, but uh, I do like their odds there. Like same thing with the Suns. Like, so the Suns, I, Suns I, I think the Suns division bet is like one of my favorite bets on the board. Suns, that would you like that one too? It, I like it a lot. I don't know if it's. I'll have to think about whether it's one of my favorite on the board. But it's an overplay, so that's all it needs to be. Division and let's see, win division, and I like them to win the uh, both. And we like, and I like them win the West, but you don't like them to win the West. Either. No, I, uh, that that's correct. Um, so we can move on to the yeah. Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers the last old, year, the, the old Lakers. They, well, yeah, they are very old. Uh, Forty-two and thirty points differential of a forty-eight win team. They underperformed their points differential slightly. They also had uh, AD played half the season. LeBron played barely more than half the season. Uh, they also changed over the roster dramatically because they sent Kuzma and KCP and Montrez. Carol for Russell Westbrook, and then they signed um, a bunch of old guys. 
guys, as you mentioned, and Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn. I believe 14 of 17 guys on this team were born. 14 of the 17 players on this team were born in the 80s. It's incredible. Um, and they're basically – and I lo- I actually went and looked. Um, the, but, but, on the history of, like, old teams, like, it's basically them. So, like, the oldest teams in the – like, that I can find in the data since 86 is the Bulls and the Jazz and uh, – God, who was the other team? Well, one of the San Antonio teams. The 2008 San Antonio team. Um, and it's a mixed bag because what happens is, like, they're – so there's a point where this peak, but, like, if you look at that Jazz team, they made the finals and they lost the first round, they lost the first round. Because it's like you fall off. So they're more – there's a lot of fragility on this team and there's lots of holes on this team because – they, 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 they lost some guys that were really valuable, and at this point, AD getting hurt or LeBron getting hurt or some of these guys missing time is a feature, not a not a kind of like event. So it's a it's it's a very very old team. And but but I, here's here's where I think I disagree with you in terms of the Lakers as a regular season team. And remember that's an important like that to me. That's gonna I'm gonna they're, they're, I'm, they're, they're, they're historically the worst at overall numbers. So yeah, but I mean, but, so, but here's the, so here just think about it uh, pretending that the Lakers name is not so if you're if I'm gaming this out like I expect that the Lakers will have a very good defense they've the last two years that's been true it was impressive for Frank Vogel that it was true even when Anthony Davis was out it was true even when they were relying more on on Montrez Harrell Marcus Olmus time their functional depth at center is good they have Marcus Sol, they have Dwight Howard they of course have Anthony Davis and Carmelo Anthony yeah but I don't think they're going to be relying on him too much and like I don't right, love, now, right now Carmelo Anthony is being projected is number six in the I, I disagree with that. I, I think he's. Why? I don't. I, who's, 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 who's playing ahead of him? Who's getting ahead of him? Like Bazemore? I mean, they're going to. I think. I think they're going to play. Maybe he's. They're. I mean, let he's me, not going to start. Me, let, let me talk you through the real. This is what the BBM is predicting the rotation at is Russell Westbrook is one, LeBron James two, Anthony Davis three, Trevor Ariza four, DH Taylor Horton Tucker is five, then Carmelo Anthony six, Ken Bazemore seven, Wayne Ellington eight. Kendrick Nunn, 9. Malik Monk, 10. Marcus Gasol, 11. Dwight Howard, 12. John Rondo, 13. Well, so there are two things. One, I think that um, I think none in particular could end up if he's playing well. Yeah, I, think, mean, I think Howard probably plays more. Yeah, I think Howard too. But but here's what do you think with Bello? Like Bello is a bad defender. I, I uh, obviously I'm gonna I'm, you, know, the, the worst, you and I have been you and I have been hammering this for years. But he's the worst defender. He's the worst. He's the worst defender in the league. But the Lakers have a lot more to paper over that than the Blazers ever did. Like they have, you know, they're gonna play a capable defensive center basically all 48 minutes, and they were good defensively last year, even when they didn't play a high end defensive center. So, like, yes, is Carmelo Anthony a bad defender? Yes. Do I think he is going to sink the Lakers' defense when he's on the floor? I don't. Yes. I don't I think, think he that, will. I, I, th- I think, think that, I think that's a very I that's a very that, aggressive bet to make. I think that every minute that Carmelo Anthony is on the floor, the Lakers are going to be, like, below zero or close to it. I, dis- terms of I like disagree defensively. Overall, overall point margin. I think I think that's the case because, like, we've seen it. We've seen this before. Like, did, we've seen this movie before. And the other problem the Lakers have is the Lakers have a problem with kind of – because they don't have enough shooting, right? And they didn't really address that because they don't have enough shooting. Then what happens is basically you can collapse defense on them. And if you put Carmelo Anthony into that equation, like, it's going to get really clunky for them, right? See, I, um, I, think, I think that's more of a playoff concern. I think it is a valid one, but I think it is more of a playoff concern because teams don't tailor their defense – to individual strengths and weaknesses during the regular season very often. Like, we in, really, 
But we admit this is a weird roster, right? Oh, of course. Like, but but here's the point. Like, I th- I think that weird, like that all of that stuff goes at why I think their title odds, why their some of those odds are are weaker. But the idea that they can't be a good team in the regular they're, season they're, because they're, they have guys they can't shoot. Like, I mean, this that's is, this is this is Portland. This is Portland last year. The same kind of problems I have for Portland. This is a better playoff team or better team without Melo than they are a regular season. As built now for the regular season with the fragility that's built into this team, because all these guys, like, really, you know, if 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 if, if, if LeBron has a hangnail, send them home and let him rest, right? Yeah, and because and that's why the- I'm still going under on them, but I'm an under fade yeah. is because I think the full strength version of the Lakers are better than. than so if I didn't yeah. say the line, it's it's 53. That's really yeah. high. Yeah, it's a really high line. It's like, like, so, yeah. but to get, to get people an idea, they won at the equivalent of 48 games last year. They're, the, uh, the over is 42, 52 and a half. The under is 53 and a half. So basically. It's 53 either way. And Darko's projecting them at like 48, 49, right? And this is with that like order of minutes that I just read off, which is, it's a pretty sunny day scenario. Like with, with those, like if LeBron misses time, then is, is Carmelo starting? Well, like, and, and another way of putting it is the Lakers played at a 55 win pace in 1920 when they won the title you know that was a shortened season but that's what they what they did and 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 that roster was better than this roster oh yeah no that roster was wildly better and so yeah i'm an under fade but like like I, i i think the top level three is better right but for the regular season, you need depth, right? And we can talk about, like, what I think of them in the playoffs and what else. It's a different story. But, like, in the regular season, this roster is really kind of like, I'm looking like, you know, like, I'm like, like, like squinting out of his paper. I'm like, holy crap. What, what is going on here? There's a lot of fragility in this roster, and any injury gets you into really bad odds. If Anthony Davis is out, what are you rolling out? Or, or like, if LeBron's out, what are you rolling out? I mean, that's a big problem, but it's. I mean, if Russell Westbrook, what are you doing? Well, I think if, if if LeBron's out, I think you can give Westbrook the keys a lot more. You don't have a ton of shooting around it. You don't have the forward depth. But like, well, we've, he can. we've seen what we've seen Westbrook with Carmelo before, and that took that took Paul George to set it right. Yeah, or like not I mean, right, but set it set but it like Le- not LeBron. Like he's going to miss some time. He I, he might miss as much as last year. I don't think he'll miss quite that much. But it's um, I'm I'm an underfade. Maybe I'll regret not playing it. Um, but let's get into some of the other ones. So, uh, LeBron's MVP odds, uh, it's 16 to one. I don't like that because I think he's, they're going to be very judicious with him. Anthony Davis is at 30 to one. I don't think he's going to have the oh, offensive workload. I think it's more likely that Davis wins defensive player of the year than MVP. Um, and, and no, I, the problem is like, again, it's, it's kind of like, like it, it almost takes an act of God to like do it. Like, and it took when he, when he, in his prime, Tyson Challenge should have won that, but like, it's just at this point, it's just, and again, it's just because of his age, right? He just doesn't have the, like, if he ever had the foot speed, he doesn't have the foot speed now to, like, chase. And really, we've gotten to the point where, like, every team knows that if he's on the court, you just chase on, like, you just find him on defense and literally just throw plays out. And this, like, you were mentioning it's a playoff, it's a playoff concern. Not really. I've seen people do this in a game where, like, if he's on the floor, just find him and just run at him, right? Because it's really a much higher V play than anything else you can actually do. So, hey, it's a problem. It's a problem. I'm less. I, I think they have supporting talent. I think that it. I think that it's going to fit a little bit better. I'm just. I'm not as. I'm not as concerned about it as you are. At least at the time being. And I could be wrong. Like I. I acknowledge. It's something again. Fifty three and a half. I mean, like, geez. And is is generally generally the case. Um, I. I don't. I mean, we already talked about the MVP odds. If it was a team that we're lower on, uh, I, I think that the like the title odds are too rich for them. They're too. I mean, basically similar to the Nets. Like that's 
to me, that's a little bit crazy. I think they could win the Dude, title, but, but... But let me ask you a question. Fully healthy, would you pick the Lakers to win a series against the Sixers, Bucks, or Nets? I might pick them against the Sixers, uh, but not the but not the Nets for sure, and probably but, not but, the Bucks. But it's, it's, it's close. Yeah, I mean, remember, you're also getting Doc Rivers, who's not a great playoff. Oh, that's, okay, okay, sorry, you're right. Rock Divers with Frank Vogel, yes, I would pick him. I would pick him against the Sixers and seven, but I wouldn't pick him against the next or the Bucks. And I would, I would probably pick the Bucks in five and the six and the and the uh, the Bucks in five. I, a Bucks Lakers series would be fascinating. I, I think I'm a little bit more positive on the Lakers there. I'm not saying I would pick them, See, but the I think pro- it, the problem is that the Lakers want to. Bogo wants to play a style that like which is like so. Bogo wants to play a bully style, and the problem is if he does that against the Bucks, the Bucks will beat them forever because the like the Bucks want to play that style. That's a style the Bucks want to play. And they have Giannis. And they have Giannis and they have Middleton and they have Drew Holiday. So if we're going to get into like, let's start throwing rocks and elbows, this is a style that the Bucks know how to play. So really, it's a, I think it's actually, I think it's a bad matchup. And also, they have the wing defense, like they have the defenders to basically make the, 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 the Lakers' life miserable on the wing. Like the fact that the Lakers don't have shooters would be a real problem this if, if I'm the if I'm the Lakers, I'd rather face the, the Nets, and that's insane because the Nets are like just like the Nets would just murder them at full health because like they just are too good, right? But 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 really, it's a bad matchup. Like Bucks and Nets, like Bucks and Nets are a really bad matchup for every. Like really, they are like kind of it's them, and then there's the rest of right. I mean, I, am I am I wrong on that? I think it's I, I you're more of a Bucks optimist than I am, but I also like I'm not sold on the top teams in the West as they stand. Now we'll see where things are. In in May June, like maybe one of these teams sorts it out. Denver also could sort it out. Like they're oh, that was one we didn't mention before. Uh, what are Denver's title odds? Um, uh, I thought all so Denver's title odds are twenty five to one. And I are- would consider throwing a small amount on that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna join you. Uh, what about their conference odds at twelve to one? So basically, what the two of those are saying is that they're it, basically that they're about a coin flip of winning. Yeah, I would rather have the conference odds then. I think. Yeah, what happens? One thing one thing to mention to people is like one thing that happens is like if a team has never been to the finals before, hello Suns. If you've never been to the finals before, you will not get a call. Like it just no. It's like well, and it, but it's also like I mean I, like think, I think I think that I think that the team that makes it out of the East will be better than them. That's the other part. Of yeah, it but for like, me, yeah, so. but yeah, but the, but. The, Every, like the team that will make it out of the East is most likely a team that's either that's that has multiple guys that have rings, have been there before, have MVP trophies. So like, there's a level of respect that happens. So like, the vets will get calls in the finals, but like, uh, you know, Suns really were not going to get a call. And like, once you know, you know, Chris Paul and his favorite referee uh, that happened, then well, it's got kind of makes things a little bit interesting uh, for him. But you know, I, I like I think twelve to one is a much better bet than like twenty five. I think twelve to one for the Nuggets to win the. Betting that Jamal Murray is going to be back and healthy, and then if that if that happens, then they're really interesting out west. So you know, I like I like it too. Like you like Jokic, I think we both like Jokic at twelve six to one and Nuggets at twelve. That is a good. Okay. Um, so now we can do the last team out of this. Um, it's a wonderful marathon, but it is a marathon. Uh, the Utah yes. Jazz, the Jazz had this ridiculous plus 11 differential on their way to a 52 and 20 record. That is the differential of a 65 win team, but very few teams ever deliver on that because you have to lose some games. Um, they, but so their over under is set at 50, basically 53 up or down. And it's like Darko said they're over under, basically. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a well set line. I mean, yes. the, the Jazz are, they were, they were somewhat healthy last year. Remember, like they, part of why they ended up winning quote unquote only 52 games was because they're, 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 Mitchell they're, they're, and Conley missed time at the same time. Um, what? 
they're a team that's greater over under. Yes, so. they're a team that's greater over. They have a persistent home court advantage. They have their their. I mean, Quinn Snyder, I think, is a very good coach. They, um, I think, Quinn Snyder is a good regular season. So we'll yeah, we'll, we'll focus on that. Yeah, there, there's, but I think they have some structural limitations in the playoffs too. But anyway, that's not a concern in the regular season. Yes. Um, the Jazz, like, so for me, I, I think the logical move here is to go over fade. However, I am going to overplay for a specific reason, which is that I think the Jazz can withstand an injury to any single player other than Rudy Gobert, and Gobert has been really durable. And so I like, I like that they added Rudy Gay because they needed another defender. Yeah, they, add, they added a front court player, and like Hassan Whiteside oh, is flawed as all get out, but he's a competent backup center in the exact scheme that they're running. So that's fine. Yeah. Like, and if he doesn't, if he can't do what they want offensively, then he just won't play. I don't know that Udoka Azubuki is ready to step in, but like for me, it's like the Jazz are they're they're a machine in a very specific way. And like, yeah, they were below they were below this threshold in 1920, but they were above it in 1819. And like, and that team didn't have everything figured out. Like that wasn't a perfect storm or anything like that. So like, I wish, I mean, if I'm them, I'm like, I would be calling Houston about uh, their uh, Spanish defender. Uh, oh, Usman Garuba? Like, yeah, um, I think Garuba. I, I, because functionally the problem with the Jazz is that they don't have good wing defense, right? So oh, oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge problem. But like I was saying with the Lakers, I think it's more of a postseason yeah. thing. I mean, they were the number one team in defense last year, despite not having many perimeter defenders around Rudy Gobert, basically not any. <laughs> Other they than Royce, that bad injury luck last year. Yeah, um, I mean, but not, not horrendous. Like, I mean, they're well, so, no, they lost Donovan Mitchell, they lost yeah. Mike Collins, and they lost and, the, and they lost them at the same think, time, and, and, which and is and a big problem. Depth, you're right. I think their depth is better this year, uh, and they also get full home, full home court advantage. So yeah, I mean, I think 53, and they're historically very good over teams. So I'm good with going over play on them. You said over fade, right? I said over play. No, I'm playing it. I, I said that I thought the fade was the like more prudent bet, but I think they're going to go over. I'm over play. Yeah, I've managed to get myself to 15 overs and 15 unders. Oh. Um, I'm at I'm at thir- I'm at 17 overs. 17 overs, yes. Ah, that's I I am fairly I am optimistic sometimes, but I also think some of these lines like there were a couple teams that I expected to go under on, but then the line was just low, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that. Oh, um, okay, for the Jazz, for the Jazz, um, like any Jazz is winning the MVP. No, I don't I don't think so either. Um, and I think of them as a worse playoff team than regular season team, which generally means that I'm lower on their um conference championship odds and title odds. What about the two two five for them to win the division? Um, so it's two two five to pays out. Negative. So it, no, a negative. No. A negative. Um, I I just I just don't think that's a good use of money. Like you know, you're tying it up for eight months or whatever. Do I think they're going to win the division? Yes. Um, especially, especially with Jamal Murray out, but like, yeah, like what do you, okay. So you're betting, you're betting $225 to get a hundred. Like why do I think they'll do it? Yes. But like, yeah, I don't yeah, I'm not like, I'd rather, I'd rather bet both Island for like, for like, if I'm going to like bet against them, I'd rather bet both Island. I'm going to put it up, uh, likes Bones Highland, which I missed the first time. Bones Highland at a hundred to one. I was thinking about the Nuggets again. ROI. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't like, so I was jokingly calling them the Muzaks uh, in playoffs because like really kind of, they're not like the edges on the play and the, the regular season kind of go away in the playoffs. And they like, I don't like Snyder tends to do just really kind of, what are you doing things in the playoffs? So yeah, I don't like their odds in the series. And I think that the teams below, like if they were playing the Lakers as much as I think they're, they're better at regular season than the Lakers, but the Lakers are the playoff team. And like Vogel's actually like like would put them in really bad situations with the roster that he has, right? 
because again, regular season the playoffs are not the same deal. Same thing with the Suns, and same thing. Probably, I mean, I think that like I would probably pick. I could see them losing a playoff series to seven Western. Depending on how healthy everybody is, it's possible. Yes, and, and Memphis, I don't. I don't. I, Memphis doesn't have the horses. Same yeah, thing as last. Again, the problem. Again, the problem is like the Jazz are really short one wing defender, and it is kind of like they added Rudy Gay, but Rudy Gay is more like the second, like the backup defender, not the primary. So like all those secondary defenders of like wing defenders of like Golden State. Got, well, like, I, I think I think for me the way it, the wing defender would help, but it's it's if Donovan Mitchell becomes unguardable, and I don't think he's quite there. I like it. No, but what I mean, what I mean by that is like, so people like like to bitch about like uh, Rudy Gay. Oh, uh, why? Like, oh, they blew by. It's like you know they're blowing by him because like Rudy Gay's like sorry Rudy Gobert is having to go up to the three point line to guard the guy who's a ball handler. That's not his job, right? Right. But the reason he's doing it because he's the only guy who's qualified because like all the rest of them just kind of suck. So it's not his bad. It's because the rest of the roster isn't great, right? So yeah. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly Rudy agree. Gobert, Rudy Gobert. I mean, this kind of confused me the entire season because. Now we have two Rudy's. Two Rudy's on the team. I mean, Gobert is, yeah. They, they, do you think, they, I mean, 750, does 750 attractive to you for them to win the West? No. No, no. I, I don't, I don't. I mean, there I are so many. Them. There are so many good teams. I don't trust them in that. Um, I, I'll be happy betting the regular season and then betting against them in the playoffs. And I think that will overall that will that will turn out well for me. So yeah, they're they're in the same place. Like Snyder's in the same place that like he's a slightly worse version of what Bud was because like. He- uh, see, I, I disagree a little bit. I think that the, he didn't make great adjustments last year, but they also didn't have the pieces but to make he adjustments. Always, there, he always takes players out of like. There's always at least one game in the series where like he takes a player out or he does something dumb and he. And he basically cost me. And, and he takes his own players out in the playoffs, which is suboptimal. He doesn't play the rotations. So he overthinks things and he does, and again, he does questionable things. So that's not, that's, that's not value add in the playoffs. So like really in a series, you're kind of like operating at a disadvantage. And that's kind of like not something you can really do at this level anymore. That's what's like playing. Like coaches that, coaches and staffs are actually gotten smarter. So like guys who have those functional problems as coaches in the playoffs now are much more reliable. So like, Docker is much more reliability now because the other staffs are smart about the things that they can do to catch it, right? And again, small margins in the playoffs are really important. And so, like, it's an issue. And, and again, this doesn't mean I think he's not a – again, there's, it's a different skill set coaching, a, like building a system and consistency in building a team versus kind of like the fast decisions in the playoffs, the quick adjustments, and kind of making sure that you just do this, the, you know, a couple like really plus EV things. That, like optimizing the EV on a single game for the playoffs in the series is a different matter than optimizing it for a month in the, in the, in the, in the, in the season, right? And I think that's kind of like – this is like I keep saying, telling people like it's more important to have a good staff. I think staffs and having a good solid staff across the board is really important more than just the head coach, right? So I think yeah, that's a good example. I thought the Nets did a really excellent job of building a great staff, right? And the, the Warriors used to have something like this where they had a staff across the board and Kerr was good at some things and the rest of the staff was good at some of the others, but in combination it worked. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I forget the name of the three, like two. I, I know uh, then Tony, but I forget the name of the other in uh, in Brooklyn. It was Jacques Vaughn, I believe. Jacques yeah, Vaughn. Like so, really that that was a solid staff, and everybody brought a particular skill set, and you could see it that the team was always very well coached and very well prepared, and wasn't giving away it yet. Right. And I think somebody like Bud, his issue was that he's a really great systems coach, but the Spurs coaches tend to like have a problem. The Spurs family tree coaches, where like they have problems making adjustments in games. 
game, right? So guys like Spo or guys like Carlisle will make adjustments in series and in game, and like Bud, Bud and Pop's Pop family coaches will stick to their guns too long, right? And it'll sometimes cost them. Now, eventually they will adjust to it, but it'll take them a longer span to see what the problem is, right? They have to think about it for long. But again, it, 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 it's fine. It's just like it's a different kind of way to think about it. Snyder still hasn't shown me, like, he's still doing the same dumb things he's always doing, taking Rudy out of games when he really shouldn't, right? Or he's like, like, look, listen, don't, don't, don't play their game, play your game. And that's kind of my issue with, like, you know, with Utah. Um, is there anything else you think that we missed in terms of MVP or Rookie of the Year? What was your favorite bet? So for MVP, hmm, um, MVP favorite bet. I like Lillard. I like Lillard since he's one. Yeah, you're more of a Blazers optimist than I am. Um, I just think it's fun. I just think like it's going to be a season where like I think he's going to like just it's. I mean, honestly, it it might be Giannis just because I think he's so good. Yeah, like eighty eight 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 and a half to one. Like that if he plays enough, that he's he's definitely in the mix. Um, Giannis is there. I think they're going to kind of want to, like, the, the, the projection kind of assumes he rests. I think they're going to basically show enough to try, like, they're, it's going to depend on how close they are. I think they want to get the edge on Brooklyn, but if they can do that without, like, killing Giannis on minutes, they will. And I think Brooklyn's also going to want to kind of keep everybody healthy. So it's going to be like a, it's going to be like a stare down between those two teams. I think both those teams, if they really wanted to, they could win 60 games, right? Um, I don't think either of those teams wants to get to a situation where they have to win 60 games, if that makes sense. <laughs> because they, they really want want to have everybody healthy uh for they you know both the box and the nets want to have their guys healthy the nets in particular want to have their guys healthy because ultimately everything for those two teams is about that series right they're just thinking like which again i mean i think makes sense i mean right now you know you 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 plan for that series and the assumption that whoever wins that should be favored to win everything else right better than everybody else who, we were wrong. who do you like best off for rookie of the year you uh, like subs right I mean, I like Suggs. I think Suggs is in the best situation. Uh, and my dark horse bet is Highland. Highland. Yeah. But again, obviously with Highland, it's because it's 100 to 1 and because I think that there's a chance he can win the starting and do enough. Like, if he's, if he actually is good, he will need to be great. If he's actually good next to Jokic, then there's upside for that Denver team. And I think the, the, the upside to that Denver team gets thrown to Highland, right? So the guy who gets rewarded is going to be Highland. And again, I also don't think, like, there's, there isn't a clear rookie of the year this year. I think there, this isn't, like, I, this isn't one of these ones where, like, like I know it's Sion or, like, Wait, I, 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 I think Cade could walk away with it, but I'm not totally sure yet. So um, I, 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 I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, Kate, yeah, but I mean, the price on Kate isn't good enough to justify me going. I, I like him. I like him. It's fine. I would be unsurprised if he wins it, but I don't like the price enough to justify. And there's a lot of mouths to feed on them. Like, there's there's a lot of mouths, and the situation isn't ideal for the rookie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Casey, I don't think Casey's going to just throw production. We'll see. Um, anything else you want to discuss? I think we're pretty much there. What's your What's your favorite uh, division bet? Ooh. Um, Tough question. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't have an encyclopedic. I don't have an encyclopedic on that. Um, I, I like. I like Phoenix. Portland. Phoenix is my first thought, though. Oh, Phoenix is good, but I like Portland better than Phoenix. I think. Uh, but they're both good. I think Portland and Phoenix are both good, really good value at those prices. Uh, but again, it's ten to one. You're like, oh yeah, like, yes, it's a great one. It's a great value. It's like great value in the Northwest and uh, uh, Phoenix at two to five. And again, I think that like the thing with the the Blazers is that you probably will have another place to kind of like eke out profit because I do think what will happen is like the Lakers at some point you'll be able to kind of do that. Um, favorite title bet. It's weird to say chalk, but Brooklyn. I, I think they're I think they're better than two and a half to one. Yeah, I think I I like Brooklyn. I love I love uh, Milwaukee. I think I think nine to one for the defending champion bringing back everybody 
uh, and they're all young, is is after Giannis just laid out a forty burger, like two forty burgers and a fifty burger, miles. yeah, just 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 did. I give you that. Nine, nine, nine to one action is good, and obviously, I mean, like nine, nine, that nine to one and two sixty action. What you want is to be sitting there like Eastern Conference Finals going into the finals, and you're like, yes, I'm set, I'm set. Um, yeah, that's really good. Um, no, I think. Uh, what team? What team are you looking forward to watching this season? I mean, a lot of them. Um, I would say the like. I want to see full strength Brooklyn. I mean, I think they're going to be an absolute buzzsaw. That's going to be really fun to yeah. see. Um, I think the Rockets are going to be a league pass favorite for me. Like they're going to. I'm going to enjoy watching yeah. them a lot. Um, I'll say the Rockets too. I, I think that's going to be a fun, a fun, interesting team. I like. I think Minnesota is going to be interesting. I think Minnesota might be. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious what I'm going to get for Anthony Edwards. I, I enjoyed it last year, and I think I'm really curious now if he if he kind of like starts rising. Are, are we going to see well, something interesting? And then another one for me: uh, Pacers and Celtics, uh, two teams with new head coaches. Like what's what holds over, what doesn't? Um, how does Carlisle? What is Carlisle's scheme? How is it different from Bjorkren? There, I'm going to be fascinated. I'm not. I don't know that I'm going to enjoy this. Celtics, but I'm gonna watch. Um, um, I'm actually like really curious to, and I mentioned the point, but I'm curious to see how Portland looks without like without the excess baggage on that roster. Let's see kind of how that looks. And it's a you know it's a different system, different coach. And again, I do think that like if this if 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 Dave's ever gonna win this, I think this is probably the year that this is the year that it lines up the most favorably for him. I think. Um, actually, really interesting to be like if they if they if they made a move like CJ for Ben, that would be that would make them. That means like anything you get for Portland right now is real value. Because I do think that a CJ for Ben move really helps Portland, right? Um, because the particular skill set that that Ben is bringing to that team is good. Because he he's also it's on a roster that he's going to help, and it's going to help him because he doesn't have to carry that offense. So being next to Dave, he, he's a guy who'd be a good fit. They would also have a hilarious amount of good defenders if that's what happens. Because I mean, now yeah, with the, Nance the of, and Nurk and Cove, yes, the amount of defensive length in that team would be really fun. And then like, then you can really cover up for Dane. You know, it's, it's, that team that could be could be really interesting. Um, let's see, uh, Memphis. Do I, I kind of want to see Memphis. Do I think Memphis is. Interesting. I, I have always I've, I've really enjoyed. Why I think yeah, the I Hawks are going to be fun. I, uh, it, this is going to be a really interesting year, and all these teams that are trying, like that's going to make it very different. Yeah, because of like I think that the rules change. Have actually like the league did something right. I think the, the both the draft changes and the um, um, the playing people were bitching about it. But like yeah, people we had fun games at the end of the season. Everyone was playing hard, you know. And other team, teams bitching about it were like you know they're bitching because like oh LeBron might make the playoffs. Yeah, play hard, man. Come on. And I think like you're gonna be I, I, you know who's the team? Okay, so if you have to pick a team that that's gonna be the surprise in the playing, right? Like a team that should be higher but it's gonna end up in the playing. Who do you think that's gonna be? Chicago. I, name I think. Miami. Oh, I think they're better than that. I think Miami might 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 be in that in that in that line. If I that to pick Miami would be one line. I think something like the Clippers could be could be in that. Oh, line. they could be. Yeah, could I mean, be. I think the Clippers. I think the Clippers could be. That's possible. it. Could be really fun if if, my, if the Clippers are close to the plane and then Kawhi comes. Back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have like Kawhi. You know, those pressure raising back, and they're in the plane. Like you could have something like crazy, like the Clippers and the Warriors in play. Like who's complaining about these playing games when you're getting like teams, right? Uh, yeah, no, I think this is a. It's, it's going to be a fun season. I'm really interested in a bunch of things, and and again, I want to see how it kind of shakes out. Uh, just a lot of interesting scenarios. Um, uh, so this has been fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Thanks again to Arturo Galetti for taking the time to come on. Love 
talking with him and doing these over-unders, and he does so much great work getting this ready, which I really do appreciate putting the putting the data together, getting the odds and everything else. It is invaluable for me working on this project, and I love talking about it with him. You can, of course, follow him on Twitter at American Numbers, A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-N-U-M-B-E-R-S. And there are a lot of different ways you can support this podcast should you want to. You can subscribe, download every episode. That is extremely appreciated because Real GM Radio will never come out on a specific day of the week because it's my availability and guest availability and everything else. You can also spread the word, help other people find the show, leaving a rating, leaving a review in the podcast player for choosing, or word of mouth, social media, wherever. I really do appreciate that. Like a single episode, like the show in general, tell other people, and hopefully they'll find it and enjoy it too. You can also check out my other work. Nate Duncan and I are still doing Dunked On, Dunked On Prime. That's still going strong. We have that big Summer League thing. And then hopefully, I don't know the exact timing of the release, uh, Mock Rookie Extensions pod should be coming out around around now as well. Uh, so you can keep an eye out for that. You can also check out my written work at The Athletic and lots going on. This is going to be a little bit of a slower time for me, but there's a lot you can keep an eye on. And of course, Real GM Radio will keep going strong once a week. Have a couple lined up trying to get everything firmed up between now and the end of the offseason, actually. And then we'll keep that moving, moving along. Um, Love doing the over-unders with Arturo. And if you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com is the way to get it to me. If you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. That is a promise. I try to respond, but I'm admittedly not the greatest at it. That is not the promise I'm giving you. The promise is to read it and take it to heart. So... Thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. lifestyle depends on quality sleep and sleep number is here to help you sleep more efficiently sleep efficiency is the amount of restful sleep you have at night and is a key part of your overall health here are some tips to help you get the most efficient sleep possible reduce caffeine consumption before noon and limit late night alcohol get regular exercise during the day which helps you feel tired in the evening and keep track of your sleep health with data from your sleep number 360 smart bed sleepers who routinely use their sleep number 360 smart bed features get almost a hundred hours more proven quality sleep per year with that much extra energy, you could get more quality family time, volunteer at a meaningful charity, or exercise, meditate, and reconnect with nature. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep, which starts with Sleep Number Adjustability. It's time for Sleep Number's ultimate sleep number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com slash podcast one for details. This is John Henney from Henney Jewelers. My family has helped thousands of Pittsburghers celebrate life's special moments since 1887. We are so excited to have our doors open once again. You can be sure we've gone above and beyond to keep our team and our customers as safe as possible. From in-store and virtual appointments to curbside pickup and drop-off, the Henney team will adapt to your comfort level. Plus, you can shop 24-7 at HenneyJewelers.com. We can't wait to celebrate more Henney moments with you. Henney Jewelers, your jewelers for life.